Good evening, everybody, from Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Swinney Automotive Group Stadium, adjacent to Princeton High School, Richard Skinner, along with producer-engineer Zach Waddell. As undefeated Wyoming, 12-0 in the season, winners of 27 in a row, take on Valley View, which comes in at 10-2 on the season as they try to get to the, to the state semifinal round with a win tonight. Wyoming on this season, that 12-0 season, they have outscored opponents by a combined margin of 428-74. That's after outscoring foes last year, 632-116. In the last two seasons, they've ripped off those 27 wins in a row by an average margin of 39.2 to 6.6 points per game. None of that matters, though, tonight because Valley View comes in looking to be the team that knocks them off in this regional championship game. It's the last round that Wyoming lost. It came back in the 2017 season when they lost the regional title to Clinton Massey, 28-7. That's the only loss that Wyoming suffered since the start of the 2017 season. Here's how these teams got here tonight in the playoff rounds. Wyoming in round one knocked off Milton Union 49-18 and then uh, beat Indian Hill, a team they played in the final regular season game, 27-7. That final regular season game ended up with a 21-18 Wyoming victory. So Wyoming very convincing last week. They held Indian Hill to just two first downs and 49 total yards of offense. Valley View advanced with a win over Clinton Massey in round one, 42-28. Then last week knocked off Roger Bacon, 28-27. These are two very quarterback-dominated offensive teams. For Wyoming, of course, Evan Prater, the UC-bound quarterback, in the regular season threw for just over 1,400 yards, 19 touchdowns, and five interceptions, and rushed for 991 yards and 14 more scores. In the two playoff wins, all he's done is gone 15 of 21 for 177 yards, two touchdowns and an interception, and rushed for 317 yards and eight touchdowns in the two playoff victories. For Valley View, their quarterback, Cade Cradleball, he threw for just over 1,500 yards in the regular season with 18 touchdowns and 8 interceptions. And he was the leading rusher in the regular season as well with 600 yards and 5 TDs. And he's turned it up a notch in the playoffs. In that opening win over Clinton Massey, he went 13 of 19 for 305 yards and 5 touchdowns and added 69 yards on the ground and the other touchdown in that game. And then in game 2 against Roger Bacon, he carried 24 times for 140 yards and 2 TDs and also completed 9 of 12 passes for 103 yards and 1 touchdown. The two teams do have one common opponent this season, and it's the team that Wyoming beat in round one, Milton Union. Again, 49-18 was the victory. For Valley View, that's a Southwest Buckeye League opponent, Milton Union. They beat them 49-48 back on October the 18th. Valley View's two losses this year to two pretty good teams. Lost at Billbrook 30-19 after starting the season 5-0, and then followed it up with a 23-20 loss to Franklin. They've ripped off five straight wins since that point in time, and they've scored at least 28 points in all five of those wins. This Wyoming defense, though, gave up just, has given up just 74 points all season, and actually 43 of those 74 points in the last three games, the last regular season game against Indian Hill, that first-round playoff game against Milton Union, and last week that win over Indian Hill as well. Valley View comes out in all-white uniform, tops and bottoms, with white numerals. Yes, you heard that correctly, white numerals trimmed in a little bit of black. They've got the dark helmets. Uh, as well, so it really offsets it. But boy, those those numerals, pretty tough to see, and the Black Valley View words on the front of the uniform. Wyoming comes out in the all royal blue tops and bottoms with white numerals, white lettering, the white helmet with the W blue insignia on the side of it. 
The rain has stopped. It uh, was raining for a good chunk of the day. This is a turf surface, of course, here at Princeton High School at Pat Mancuso Field. So even if it does start to rain again, the surface won't be an issue. The wind has started to kick up a little bit again. It died down about 15 or 20 minutes ago. But during the National Anthem, we saw some of the flag girls for Wyoming. They're, the flags were blowing pretty briskly. The American flag off to our right is fluttering just a little bit as we speak. Wyoming will get the football to start the foot the game. Valley View won the toss and deferred to the second half, so Wyoming will get it. Cowboys going left to right as you look at whatever listening device you're listening to us on, be it your iPad, iPhone, tablet, computer, whatever. We're glad you can be along with us for this Division IV Region 16 championship game. Nice contingent for Wyoming has come here. They're right down in front of us. The Valley View faithful have come down as well in droves, and they're across the way on the separate side of the stadium here at Princeton High School. It'll be Luke Combs to kick it off. Back deep for Wyoming to the far side is C.J. Hester, the freshman, to the near side, Sam Taylor, and the, the left-footed Combs moves on the football. And it's going to be Hester's going to field it back at the six-yard line, runs across the 10, stumbles across the 15 to the 20, and he stood up and stopped there to be pushed backwards at the 21-yard line. And that's where Wyoming will start on offense for the first time tonight. Evan Prater, the quarterback we mentioned, of course, going to UC, certainly Great regular season, can do it with both his legs and throwing the football, but he is a real danger running it. He has gone with a uniform number change. He usually wears three, but wearing number two. Number two is Elijah McGuire, the running back, or Elijah McGee, rather, the running back, who is hurt. So Prater wearing that uniform number two. And he brings his offense off the sideline for the first play tonight. He'll operate this off the hash mark to the left. Two receivers go wide to the right side of the field. That's Brennan Pagan and Cooper Kadish out that way. Out of the shotgun, Prater takes the snap, hands it off, running off left guard and not going very far, maybe a yard, and that is all, was Bo Thomas. Marking down at the 22-yard line. McGee, the injured running back, he actually was second on the team in rushing in the regular season with 622 yards. Thomas had 292, and the freshman Hester ran for 147 yards in the first playoff game and had 166 in the playoffs. Second and nine, same formation, two receivers right, one to the left. They've got a wing back set up to the right. That's Camden O'Gara, and they all now looking over the sideline as they looked at the defense and wait for the play call. Looking at a three-man Valley View front, is there a 3-4 alignment? Free safety walks up as well. Here's Prater takes it, fakes it. It's going to swing to the outside. It's going to be caught by Pagan at the 20. Stumbles and falls at the 22-yard line. He had a block in front of him. Then he got pushed down. He was down on both knees when the defender came up and pushed him down. He got lucky maybe not to get a flag right there as Billy Carruth came up and knocked him backwards as he was down on the ground. Pagan caught it and stumbled. He gets only a yard to the 23. Where it'll be third and eight Wyoming on the first possession of the ball game. They will send Pagan... And Kadish wide left this time. Jupe Mitchell goes wide right. That's the close side of the field. O'Gara lines up on a wing left. Out of the shotgun on third and eight. Prater takes the snap. Three-man rush. Drops the throw. Guns it near sideline. It's too far and out wide. Intended for Jupe Mitchell. And Wyoming goes three and out on its first series of the game. And they're going to have to punt it away. Standing back deep in twin safeties for Valley View. Logan Taze and Dylan Branham. Back for the Spartans, number five, Logan Tays. Number 11, Dylan. And in to do the punting, it'll be Yael Slonum. A.J. Washiko back for the Cowboys on the punt. Good snap back to Washiko, takes it, 
Plenty of time, gets away a spiraling kick that gets caught up in the wind. It's gonna be fielded at the 50-yard line and dropped immediately. Nice job to come up and field the punt by far side punt returner Dylan Branham. He was stopped in his tracks, but it's gonna be great field position for Value. First and 10 from the Wyoming 49-yard line for its first possession. So Kay Cradleball. Did it with his legs in the second round. Did it with his arm in the first round. He's got double slots each way. One running back behind him. That's Branham. And now they look over to the sideline. If they got lined up off the hash mark to the right, Wyoming, that stout defense shows a four-man front. It is a tough defense to run on. Cradleball going to go from under center. Since a man in motion going left, he's going to take it, hand it off, straight ahead. Branham, nothing doing. He's going to be stopped for a loss at the 50-yard line. Ball came loose, but the play was already dead. As shooting through there for Wyoming to make the stop, right at the point of attack was Chris Guest, 6'2", 205-pound junior defensive lineman. Tackle made on the play by number 50, Chris Guest. It is a loss of one, second and 11. Play clock. Down to 20. One of the receivers doesn't even join the huddle. He stays way outside off the hash mark to the right. Slot that way. Slot to the open side to the left, but it's a very tight slot. Again, cradle ball from under center. Sends a man in motion going left. He's going to ride it out on the option play. Keeps it and gets nothing. Got maybe back to the line of scrimmage. Might have eaten got a yard before Harrison Shepard was able to stop him. He rode out the fullback, Branham, and decided to keep it on the option play and gets it back to the original line of scrimmage on a gain of a yard. It will be third and ten. Wyoming trying to get a stop here after Valley View gets great field position on the short punt into the wind. Double slot each way. Cradle ball going to go from under center again. He's got one running back, Branham, behind him. Third and ten play. Looks at a four-man front. Drops to throw the left-hander. Looking right. Fires right. Caught out in the right flat. And he's going to have to do some work. He only gets down to the 45 as Branham caught it in the right flat. And then he was swarmed under Camden O'Gara. And help over there as well from Will Schuler. Tackle made by number eight, Camden O'Gara. Will be fourth down and seven. So fourth and seven, and they'll punt the football away. Back deep in single safeties. Pagan stands back at the 10-yard line. Now they're going to send a second man back to return the punt as well. Going to angle it towards the right side. Pagan signals for a fair catch, and it's going to bounce into the end zone for a touchback. So the Wyoming defense gets a three and out, and we'll get it right back at the 20-yard line. We've played just shy of four minutes in this opening quarter. No score in this Division IV Region 16 championship game. Ohio Dairy Farmers would like to wish all participants good luck in tonight's event and remind you chocolate milk is the official beverage of Ohio High School Athletic Association. So second offensive possession. See what Evan Prater has not carried it yet tonight. Mentioned just shy of a thousand yards rushing in the regular season in the two playoff games, 317 yards and eight touchdowns. So he will run it at some point. Gonna go with an empty backfield. Two receivers each way. O'Gara on a wing to the right. Now he sends a man in motion going right. Pagan gets the handoff on the jet sweep running right, trying to get to the corner, cuts it up at the 20, and gets maybe a couple up to the 23. He was banged down hard coming up from the secondary was Dylan Branham. And we saw in there at running back playing both ways. For a three-yard game, it'll be second down. They ran the jet sweep. They will do that. Pagan on the season rushing the football. He's carried it now 11 times. So they will do that. 
They got a running back, Thomas, in the backfield to the right of Prater this time. Slot to the left. O'Gara on a wing left, and now they all get out from their stance, look over to the sideline as they look at what the defense has. Valley View shows, a, again, a three-man front. And now they'll walk a fourth up. And he's standing up the outside linebacker. There's Prater, going to option to the left, fakes it, keeps it, comes across the 25, and spins his way up to the 28. Might have eked out the 29-yard line. There to make the tackle from behind was Justin Brombigan. So it'll be third and two. So a very makeable circumstance is checking into the game. Jared Hancock, give him an extra blocker. And they'll take Thomas. Actually, Thomas will come out the running back. So Pagan going to line up at the running back spot next to Prater this time. Takes it. Prater just going to run left, has the running room across the 30 and spun down to the 33-yard line. That's going to be enough for a first down. They lined. Hancock, who's 5'10", 185, up on that left wing, put Pagan in there in the backfield, and just a quick option run for Prater, and he gets the first down to the 33-yard line. So first first down for either team in the early going. Played just over five minutes. The hash mark to the left. One receiver each way. Hancock stays in the game as a tight end set right. Pagan stays in the backfield to the right of Prater, takes the shotgun snap, fakes it. He's going to throw and try to lob it down the seam. He's got a man out there. O'Gara incomplete, and he got knocked down. Ball kind of hung on him, and pretty good coverage from Billy Carruth, who came over to help break that pass up. Prater took a step forward like he was going to run it, then stood straight up and threw the pass. Almost kind of a one-man play action without faking a handoff. He does the play action by faking it himself. Another formation. Trips to the right this time. One receiver to the left. Off the hash mark to the left. Thomas back in there at running back. So no tight end. Three-man front for Valley View on second and ten. And now Prater and company look back over to the sideline. They want to see what the defense shows. And the coaching staff then will make the play call accordingly. Prater walks up under center. Now walks back into the shotgun. Again still looks at a three-man front. Second and 10 from the 33. Takes the snap, fakes, no hands it off to Thomas. Running left, gets across the open, got to the 35, and then got pushed back. Valley View swarmed him right there. Only a gain of a couple. Rome again, again on the stop. So gets up from the bottom. Gives some credit as well on the tackle to Matthew Cotterman, a 6'3", 200-pound sophomore linebacker. So only a pickup of two. Make it third and eight now, Wyoming, on its second possession of the ball game. As we have crossed the midway part of quarter number one, just under six minutes to go. Double slots each way this on this third down play. Open side of the field to the right side. Thomas stays in. Now they send Pagan in motion going right to make it three receivers for that side of the field. Prater from the gun takes the snap. Drops to throw. Guns at left side. It's going to be caught by Juke Mitchell up at the 45-yard line. And that's going to be a first down. He got spun down out of bounds. But not before J.T. Ferguson tackled him. Did he get the first down to the 45? A good pitch and catch and a good route by Juke Mitchell. He just... Ran the defender off and came back to catch the football beyond the sticks and Prater put it right on the money for a first down. First down, Wyoming at its own 45. Whole offense looking over to the side again. Sam Taylor in there at a receiver spot. He and Cooper Kadish are wide right. Double slot to the left as well. That's Pagan and Mitchell out that way off the hash mark to the left. Thomas, the running back set to the right of Prater in the gun, takes the snap, drops the throw. Has some time, looking. Going to fire it deep down the middle of the field for Mitchell. He is out there at the 20-yard line. The defender might have hit him early, and they say no, just an incomplete pass. Boy, it looked like the defender got there really early. The ball hung again on Prater. 
And it looked like, I think it actually hit the defender in the helmet, but the defender looked like he got there early. And boy, these numbers, white on white, really tough to see. That was JT Ferguson who made the pass break up. And well, I'll tell you what, Aaron Hancock of Wyoming, none too pleased with the no call there. That looked like clear pass interference. So as it is, they say incomplete. It'll be second and 10 Wyoming on its own 45. The pass hung and the defender was actually beat. Mitchell had him beat by a couple of steps and then just kind of ran right up his backside. Garrett sets from a wing left to a wing right. On second down, Prater takes the shotgun snap, gonna run it left side, 45-50, in the clear 45 and down to the 42-yard line. 12-yard pickup before he was finally tackled from behind by Jackson Lang. That's just a simple little single wing snap to the quarterback and let him go. And Evan Prater picks up 12 yards down to the Valley V43. And it's a Cowboys first down. So might have missed the touchdown on the pass before, but Prater comes right back to answer with the first down. Pagan Kadish go wide right. Mitchell wide left to get off the hash mark to the left. O'Gara is in there as a wing back right. Thomas set to the left of Prater. Takes the shotgun snap, hands it to Thomas, runs straight ahead and plows his way inside the 40 to maybe the 39. There was Jackson Lang again to make the stop, had him around the ankles. He'll mark it right at the 40-yard line, so give him three. This drive started the second drive of the game for Wyoming back on its own 20-yard line. They made that big third down conversion on third and eight. And now inside Valley View territory. Kadish wide right, the open side of the field by himself. Mitchell and Pagan go to the left in a slot. O'Gara on a wing right. And Thomas stays in there. He's to the right of Prater in the gun. Now here comes Pagan, and they fake it to him on the jet sweep. Prater trying to run left, tries to bounce it outside. He's not going to get much. Got maybe a yard before he was finally chopped down out of bounds at about the 39-yard line. Coming up to make the stop from the secondary was Logan Taze. Give him a couple down to the 38, so it'll be another third down, and this may be four down territory. Third and five for Prent for Wyoming from the Valley View 38-yard line. Three receivers already out wide right. Everybody else kind of in a sugar huddle in the middle of the field, and Mitchell actually by himself to the left. They run to the line of scrimmage. On third and five, Prater has Thomas to his left, looks at a three-man front. Valley View looked like it wanted a blitz, and now they all stand straight up, and now they're going to take, have to take a timeout. Wyoming saw the blitz coming, and because of that, they're going to wind up taking a timeout. We'll take one with them. 3.41 to go opening quarter. No score between Wyoming and Valley View in this Division IV Region 16 championship game. This is Wyoming Cowboys football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. This is Jerry Snodgrass, Executive Director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One of my long-standing goals is to help people understand that high school sports are about so much more than wins and losses. The OHSAA promotes education-based athletics, where sports are an extension of the classroom. Our schools all want to win. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, it's all about sportsmanship, leadership, and making certain that academics are a priority. Thank you for your support of high school sports in Ohio. Back here at Patman Fukuso Field at Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. 3.41 to go opening quarter. I'm Richard Skinner with producer-engineer Zach Waddell. Wyoming faced with a third and five from the Valley View 38-yard line. They just took a timeout, and they come with a new formation. One receiver right, 
two receivers left. That's the close side of the field. Prater in the shotgun. He's just going to run left, trying to pick up a block. Tries to dance around and leans down to the 35. He's going to be stopped shy of the first down. That's going to probably put it in fourth and go for it range. There on the stop for Valley View was Noah Harrison. And they'll check Hancock in, does Wyoming as that tight end. And Thomas will go out, so this will be Pagan probably lining up in the backfield. It'll be fourth and two for Wyoming from the Valley View 35-yard line on the, the hash mark to the left. One receiver each way. Hancock the tight end, set left. O'Gara right behind him on the wing. Here's Prater, just takes the shotgun snap, running left, has the football coughed up, it's loose, it popped up in the air, and I think Valley View recovered it. I think he'd have been shy of the first down anyway, is there to get the recovery out of thin air was Gabe Kinder, a senior linebacker. Not sure who made the hit, but the ball went straight up in the air, and Kinder was able to catch it. I think Prater might have been short of the first down anyway. Logan Tay's the one getting credit for the forced fumble. So Valley View off the turnover will have it first and 10 on its own 33, just under three minutes to go opening quarter. Cradle ball goes under center, has two receivers each way, the running back behind him, and he's going to drop the throw, the left-hander looking, going to fire it deep down the seam, has a man out there and overshot it. Pretty good coverage. As he tried to go on a post pattern down the middle of the field to Troy Coulter. Pretty good coverage, man for man coverage that time by Nathan Glisson. He's had an interception in each of the two playoff games. So second and 10 for Valley View from its own 33, 250 to go opening quarter, no score. Off the hash mark to the right, two receivers come wide that way. Very tight slot to the right side of the field, the close side. Cradle ball from under center. Takes the snap, gonna drop to throw it again. Looking, now he's flushed out to his left, rolling left. Still on the move, still on the move. Penalty marker comes in, the pass is gonna be incomplete, overthrown. Again, Glisson with good coverage, and again it was intended at the near sideline, this time for Coulter again. I think we got a flag in the area of offensive holding back at the 30-yard line, and then that's exactly what it's gonna be. So it'll either be third and 10, or if you mark it from the spot of the foul, it'll be second and 23, because this will be marked all the way back to the 20-yard line. I would guess as good as this defense is, you take this penalty and put them in a second and forever situation. And that's what they'll do. They'll back them up to the 20-yard line. So instead of third and 10, make it second and 23 back at the 20. Wyoming's defense forced a three and out on Valley View's first series of the game. Only gave up four yards, and right now they got them going backwards. Slot left, wing back right, one wide receiver right now in motion. Goes the wing back to the left, and Cradle Ball going to roll to the right to throw. To the left, throws a pass down the field, overthrow. Well, he chucked that one because he had a man right in his face as putting the pressure on was O'Gara. He came clean, and he had to get rid of it right now, so it'll be third and 23 Valley View from its own 20. Wyoming just opts to rush the four here and drop the seven into coverage. They've gotten pressure with the front four to this point. Two receivers each way off the hash mark to the right, just inside the hash mark to the right. Randall ball under center has a running back Brandon behind him, takes it, it's going to drop to throw, sets his feet, has some time. Now he's in some trouble, dances out to the left, throws a pass on the run, and shorts opposite his intended receiver at the 35-yard line incomplete. 
So the passing game not very effective for Valley View on that series. It was intended for Liam Musgrove. And Valley View gonna have to punt it from its own 20 yard line. It's back deep to return the punt. It'll be Will Schuler to the near side. To the far side will be Pagan. They'll stand, actually they're gonna now have a short man and a deep man. And actually now Schuler's gonna run all the way down to the line of scrimmage. So maybe Wyoming tries to go for the block here. JT Ferguson, the right-footed kicker to punt it away for the second time tonight. Well, he looks like he wants to come after this, and they do. Ferguson, it almost got blocked, and he got run into. And the punt goes off the side of his foot, out of bounds at around the 30-yard line. See if this will just be running into. O'Gara ran into him, knocked him down. Let's see what they call it. O'Gara had a great chance to block that. Now one of the coaches for Wyoming saying, hey, we might have tipped it. They're just going to call running into the kicker here. But that ball went out of bounds. That was only about a 13-yard punt. It went out of bounds at the 33-yard line. Well, I mean, looked like it wanted to come after, and it sure did. That penalty is roughing the punter. They're going to call roughing, actually. My bad. So roughing the punter will give him a first down. So Valley View's first first down of the night comes via a penalty as they the end up roughing the punter. I don't so sure that was completely roughing. He ran into him for sure. Camden O'Gara came clean, had a chance to block it. So Valley View gets a first down at its own 35, following the 15-yard markoff. 2.18 to go in a scoreless first quarter. This time now to the shotgun. Going to hand it off to Ferguson, running right across the 35 to the 40, across the 40 to the 41. That's actually Liam Musgrove on the jet sweep. He got about six to the 41-yard line. Best play of the night to this point for Valley View on the jet sweep. Second down and four. Second and four from the 41-yard line. Cradle ball going to go from under center. There's two receivers left now. Man in motion behind the formation. Going to run the option play. Leaves it off for Bram, the fullback, and he just rides it up to the 43, maybe the 44. And there to make the stop was Harrison Shepard. Third and two for Valley View, looking for the first conventional first down of the night. We have a minute and a half to go in the first quarter. Two receivers come to the left, very tight that way. One receiver on a wing right, he goes in motion. Came back and then stopped and went back the other way. That was Ben Owens. You know, Owens going to set up again on a wing right. This is kind of like the, you've seen the old Paul Johnson Georgia Tech offense. This is what it is. Now in motion, here comes the option play. Leave it off for the fullback, and he's going to grind out the first down. Branham, he's still taking tackles with him, almost near the 50. Still hasn't gone down and finally does so. Good run by Branham as they just ran the belly series with him. The quarterback rode him out and decided to leave it off to him, and then he just churned out an extra five or six yards. They'll mark it up to the 49-yard line in a first down no Valley View. First first non-penalty first down of the night. Cradle ball under center, sends a man in motion behind him. And he starts again, Owens, and then goes back. He comes in motion hard, going left off the right wing, and then walks back up to the wing on the right as they reset the play. Just trying to see what Wyoming's going to do to react to that motion. Cradle ball looks over the defense. Again in motion goes Owens. He's going to fake it, drop to throw, fires it over the middle, incomplete. Threw it maybe a little too quick as he tried to hit, coming off the left wing, Liam Musgrove, and threw it well behind him. Cradle ball in the regular season. Very efficient passer. Completed 66% of his passes. And in the two playoff games, 
has completed 22 of 31 for 408 yards. But so far tonight, not really finding the mark. 27 seconds to go in a scoreless first quarter. Second and 10 Valley View from its own 49. And in motion going right, leave it off to the full. I know the quarterback going to keep it, Branham, and he's going to break, or rather, carry the ball, broke one tackle, and he's not going to get very far. Got into Wyoming territory to the 49-yard line. He got away from Camden O'Gara, but there to get him was Harrison Shepard to drop him after a gain of a couple. And officials stop play for a moment. Looks like there's a player with an equipment issue. Probably not going to matter because the quarter is going to end, and that's... Dylan Branham, the running back, is going to walk off, but actually time has run out in the first quarter, so we'll get a chance to fix whatever that equipment issue is. So we've come to the end of one quarter of play in the Division Four Region 16 Championship game from Princeton High School. It's Wyoming Nothing, Valley View Nothing. This is Wyoming Cowboys Athletics and Wyoming Cowboys Football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. At Robert Half, we know finding the right employees is a job in itself, and it's a job we love. You see, Robert Half isn't just a staffing firm. We're people, people who believe in finding the right people to fit your company's needs. Because employees who are a good fit are more productive, more engaged. Finding a great candidate isn't easy, but at Robert Half, we know it's possible. Robert Half, the experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Learn more at roberthalf.com slash radio. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. Thanks to our man Dan Wright, as always, with the stats. And there's not much to show up to the first quarter of play. No score. Total offense-wise, Wyoming with 49 yards on 15 plays. 38 of those yards came on the ground for Valley View. Just 20 yards in 11 plays. Valley View had two first downs, one of those via the penalty on the roughing the punter. And Wyoming only three first downs. Actually, they're going to replay the final. Actually... They're going to actually have to have the last eight seconds of the first quarter run off. I was wondering if they'd reset that clock. That seemed to happen pretty quick. I don't think it's going to make any difference. They're just going to let the clock wind down. I guess in theory, Valley View, if it really wants to get to the line of scrimmage. I mean, there is a little wind. And they'd be going into the wind in the second quarter, I think. So the teams actually are on the sides. They'll be going in the second quarter. They're going to have to turn this around for a second. Or you just ask Valley View, do you want to run off the final eight seconds of the quarter? I don't think this is all that complicated, but apparently we're going to make it complicated because it's kind of what officials occasionally do. I mean, I think you can just probably walk off to the other side and say, do you want to run off the final eight seconds? And if he says yes, Valley View head coach Bob Skidmore, then just run off the eight seconds and let's go to the second quarter. Yeah, I think that's what they're going to say now. Just go ahead and run the eight seconds off. Yep, so that's what they're going to do. So that's the smart thing to do, and the teams will stay on the sides. They're going to go for the second quarter of play. And time now has officially come out at the end of the first quarter, but teams already out there to start quarter number two, so I'm going to guess we'll have a quick start of quarter number two. Not sure why we make it so complicated sometimes, but we do. All right, so Wyoming quarter number two going right to left on defense right now. Valley View will be faced with third and eight from the Wyoming 49. As Kate Cradleball goes under center with two receivers to each side of him, one running back behind him. That's Branham who came back in the game during the quarter break. 
Takes the snap, drops the throw, left-hander looking, still looking, guns it over the middle. It's going to be intercepted at the 37-yard line to the 40, 45. And so Garen, your side, 50, 45, 40. And he takes it all the way down to the 36-yard line. He still hasn't gone down, although there's a pretty big scrum on the sideline. And now they finally blow it dead. As nice job by Camden O'Garen to drop back into coverage and make the interception. going to be good field position for Wyoming on the first play of the second quarter, the interception. For O'Gara, that's interception number three for him on the season. He tied for the team lead in the regular season with Schuler with two apiece. As I mentioned, Glisson has two in the playoffs, but O'Gara gets one right there, and Wyoming will have it at the 35-yard line, 15 seconds into quarter number two. And Evan Prater is going to send Pagan and Kadish out to the right, Mitchell to the left. On the hash mark to the left. He's got the freshman Hester to his right in the backfield. Now O'Gara will reset from a wing left to a wing right after intercepting the pass. And Predator takes the snap, is going to run right. Trying to follow some blocking. Runs up his own man, still on his feet as he spins inside the 20. Spins inside the 25 and down to the 24-yard line. C.J. Hester, the 5'7", 150-pound freshman running back who was in. Prater ran right up his backside. It actually cleared him out of the way and ends up getting 11 yards and a first down to the Valley View 24. Tackle made on the play by number 24, Jackson Lang. Mitchell and Pagan will come to the left this time. Kadish by himself to the right on the hash mark to the right. Hester stays in as a running back to the right of Prater in the shotgun. He's got O'Gara on a wing left, looks at the three-man front. Takes the snap, going to hand it off to Hester, running straight ahead, and he doesn't get far, maybe the 23 before he's pushed backwards. On the carry. There's a bunch of Valley View defenders there to make the stop. Let's give first credit that time to Max Smith, Max Smith the linebacker who made the stop. He got some help as well from Justin Bromigan. Give him two to the 22, be second and eight. Second down and eight on the 22-yard line. Pagan and Kadish don't even join the huddle. They're still wide left. Mitchell going to go to the right. Now the rest of the team breaks the huddle and comes to the line of scrimmage. Hester this time to the left of Prater in the gun. Got Hancock in there to wing back, so Garrett taking a play off. Prater looks at the defense, takes the shotgun snap, fakes the handoff, drops the throw, looking over the middle. Going to gun it towards the end zone into some tight coverage and incomplete intended for Juke Mitchell. He was bracketed down there that still almost fitted into a very tight window. Mitchell made a good attempt to dive at it. There's a flag on the play. Let's see what the flag is about. Here comes the call. It'll be holding against Valley View. So defensive holding on Valley View on the play. So that penalty be marked all the way down to the 12-yard line where it'll be first down for Wyoming. Knocking on the door with 10.23 to go in the first half. No score, but Wyoming with a golden opportunity here. First and 10 on the Valley View 12. Everybody looks at the sideline. Mitchell and Pagan come left. Kadish goes right off the hash mark to the right. Hester stays in as a running back to the left of Prater. Hancock sets from a wing right over to a wing left. Prater takes the shotgun snap, going to run that way. Running left, just a complete student body left, trying to get to the corner. Now cuts it up at the 10 and takes it down to the 8 and might have even squeezed the 7-yard line out of it. As there to tackle him from behind was Logan Taze. Prater with the 4-yard keeper. It's a straight snap and... Got a bunch of people leading the blocking for Evan Prater. Gain of five on the first down carry. Be second and five from the 
Valley View seven yard line. That'll be second down and five. Again, the receivers don't join the huddle. Kadish and Pagan go wide right. That's now the open side of the field. Mitchell to the left, the close side. O'Gara back in there as a wing back right. Hester to the left of Prater in the shotgun. Takes the shotgun snap, fakes the running play. He's going to run it straight ahead himself, and he gets a couple of extra yards. He takes a defender down to the four-yard line. He got hit at about the six, but he dragged Noah Harrison with him for a couple of yards. Down to the four, where it'll be third and two for Wyoming from there. Great run by Evan Prater showing the strength. You know about the speed. He's 6'5", 190. Showed some strength on that run. Showed some power. So here we go, third and two Wyoming from the Valley View four. Mitchell goes left, the closed side of the field. Pagan to the right. They have Hancock in there as a tight end and O'Gara on a wing right. Actually Pagan in the backfield this time. Here's running right as Prater trying to get to the corner. Gets a great block from Pagan, gets to the corner and gets to the right pylon on the front side. Did he get in? Touchdown Wyoming. Prater strung that out for a while. Valley View did a good job to string him out but just glided to the front right pylon and just got inside of it. And Wyoming, with 8.57 to go in the opening half of football, is taking a 6-0 lead. A.J. Washenko will come on to attempt the point after. So the interception by O'Gara and return to the Valley View 37 set Wyoming up with great field position, and the Cowboys took advantage of it. Washenko in the regular season, 43 of 45 on extra points. Good snap, Mass it was actually low. Mitchell, the holder, did a good job to get it on the tee, and it's up, and it goes through, and it's good. I should credit that hold, not to, to Mitchell, sorry. That was Sam Taylor, did a nice job on the hold. So 8.57 to go here in the first half of play. Wyoming has scored first. It's Wyoming 7, Valley View nothing. This is Wyoming Cowboys football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Abco Pavement Services, LLC, has been doing commercial asphalt, concrete, and ceiling work since 1962 in the tri-state area. Our valued customers include Home Depot, United Dairy Farmers, C.B. Richard Ellis, Town Properties, and Fifth Third Bank, to name a few. We strive to provide professional service, communication, and project management for all of your commercial concrete and pavement maintenance needs. Go Abco Pavement Services. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium, adjacent to Princeton High School. Richard Skinner with our producer engineer, Zach Waddell. 7-0 Wyoming with the lead. It'll be A.J. Washenko to kick it off. Back deep, the deepest, is Jacob Clark, but back with him, Liam Musgrove to the far side and Dylan Branham to the near side. Three of them back there to return the kickoff. Washenko, right-footed soccer-style kicker. It's a signal from the official, moves on the football. It's away, knuckleball, sidewinding kick. It's going to be fielded back on the three-yard line. Running ahead across the five to the 15 to the 20 and across the 20 to the 25 and up to the 27. Gave Jacob Clark the deepest of the return man before he was knocked down by Bo Thomas on the special teams tackle. So Valley View with just two first downs so far in this game will start on its own 27. And one of those first downs came on a roughing the punter. Cradleball's struggled to throw the football to this point. Just threw an interception on the last series of play, and they've had a real hard time running it. Off the hash mark, just inside the right hash mark. Receivers go each way, double wings each way. Branham in there, the running back, as Cradleball will go from under center. 
Takes the snap, gonna drop the throw, trying to throw a quick pass, has a receiver up to 33, and he's tackled immediately by Jute Mitchell as he hit Owens at the 33. Nice pickup of, actually they'll mark at the 34, so give him a gain of seven. So maybe a little confidence builder for Kate Cradleball of Valley View on the little pitch and catch. Mitchell with a good tackle though. Of course, the Division Four level, you get a lot of guys going both ways, and Mitchell, of course, on offense, the leading receiver. That time on the coverage defensively. Now Cradle Ball will go from the shotgun. With a man to his left, he's going to send a man in motion, hand it off. That's Musgrove trying to get to the outside at the 30. Ogara couldn't get him, and then he is going to be stood up and pushed back at the 34-yard line. Boy, I'll tell you what, he thought he had the corner turn, and Nathan Glisson came up and just stopped him in his tracks and then just... Walked him backwards, never took him to the ground, but the whistle blew. So Musgrove on the jet sweep going left, got nothing. So it'll be third and three from the 34. Quickly to the line of scrimmage comes Valley View. Very ball gonna go back from under center off the hash mark to the left. Sends a man in motion going right, he stops. Want to see what the defense did is, that time that's the left wing back Lucas Lynch. Lynch then walks back up, everybody on Valley View looking at the sideline. Wyoming shows that four-man down front with the three linebackers behind it. Cradle ball on third down, drops the throw, looks left, has a man in his face, gets away from him. Still on the move, going to try to run for the first down. He's going to be really close, and I think he got it. As they spot him at the 37-yard line, he wanted to throw a quick out to the short side of the field, but Brennan Pagan jumped up and forced him to pull it back down, and then he decided to try to run for the first down, and I think... Cradle ball got it right at the 37-yard line. I mean, he literally got right to the marker, and it will be a first down for Valley View. Cradle ball, nice job by Cradle Ball to pull that down. He had that man right, he had Pagan right in his face. First down, Valley View from its own 37, trailing 7-0. There's a man in motion going left. He's going to run the option that way, and some great penetration. They're going to drop for a loss back at the 45-yard line. Bo Thomas just shoved the offensive line back as they tried to run the belly series with the fullback again. And by the time he pulled it out, he got knocked. Cradleball did two or three yards backwards. So a loss of two. Thomas doing a great job to get the penetration. So second and 12, Valley View from its own 45. We're under seven minutes to go in a quick moving opening half. Cradleball going to go from the shotgun with double slots each way. Now sends a man in motion going right. They're going to hand it off to him. No, he's going to fake it. Cradleball going to keep it running straight ahead and got back to maybe the original line of scrimmage. And not much more than that is there was Garrett Hancock to make the stop. We've seen him on offense as a tight end. Now, of course, on defense, making a good play from his linebacker position. So they'll give him a gain of three, but it's going to be third and long again. Third and nine, Valley View from its own 38-yard line. Cradle ball going to go back from under center. Off the hash mark to the left, he sends a very tight slot that way and a very tight slot to the right. Nobody outside the hash mark to the right. Under center, he drops on third and nine to throw. Looking, get some pressure. He's in some trouble. He tries to run through it, does. Gets it to the 40, the 41-yard line, and that's all. They had him for a sack in Wyoming, but he got, did a good job to get away from it. Hancock, along with Harrison Shepard, there to make the stop. Well short of the first down, and Valley View going to have to punt it away with under six minutes to go in the half now. It'll be JT Ferguson to punt it away. Brennan Pagan to the near side. Now he's going to be joined in twin safety back there by Will Schuler to the far side, they stand at about the 25. Ferguson stands just inside of his 30 yard line to await the snap. Well, I mean, doesn't look like it's coming after this one at all. They only have two guys up at the line of scrimmage. Snapback's a good one, no rush whatsoever. And it's a very short end over end kick that Schuler comes up, fields at the 30. 
Runs near side, trying to get to the corner. Can he get there? Schuler turns it to 35 to the 40 and finally wrestled out of bounds at the 42-yard line. Good return and nice tackle as well as Tyler Brock was able to run him down, but a return of about 14 yards by Schuler. It's going to give Wyoming pretty good field position with 519 to go in the half, up 7-0. They'll start this possession on their own 43-yard line. Tackle made by number 44, Tyler Brock. We mentioned the rain earlier, not raining now. Just kind of a typical cold November night. Not unbearable and uncomfortable, but certainly a chill in the air for sure. Off the hash mark to the left, double slot, actually slot to the right. Hancock in there on a wing left. Prater takes the snap, hands it to the freshman Hester. He's in some trouble, got away from one, couldn't get away from a second. He got hit and spun away from Joe Gulling, but there to polish him off was Matthew Cotterman. Yeah, he'll lose a couple back to the 40-yard line. Make it the 41 for a loss of two. Hester had no chance on that one. No Thomas going to come back in. Hester going to go out. O'Gara also comes in, and Hancock goes out. In the middle of the field, now the football. One receiver wide right, slot to the left, O'Gara on a wing left. Now they all look over at the sideline after getting set up. It's Kadish who's wide right. Pagan inside of Mitchell, the slot man out to the left. And now O'Gara gonna reset from a wing left to a wing right. Looking at a four-man front. Prater takes the snap, drops the throw, has good protection. Wants to sling it deep. He is slinging it deep for Mitchell down the field. He's got it at the 10-yard line and stumbles down to the nine. Boy, Evan Prater just flipped that one out there, and Juke Mitchell ran under it. It was really good coverage. J.T. Ferguson was there, but I'm not so sure that Evan Prater can't drop that in the bucket any better than that. They'll mark it at the eight-yard line where he came down. And it's first and goal, Wyoming, with 4.26 to go here in the first half, up 7-0, looking to add to it. Boy, Evan Prater looked very effortless throwing that football down the field, and he slung it a good 60 yards. The game's 51, but that throw from where he threw it was about 60 yards in the air. So first and goal from the, they make it at the eight yard line. Pagan in there is a running back now. One receiver each way, Prater takes the shotgun snap, gonna run behind his man off left guard, inside the five and into the end zone. Evan Prater's 10th rushing touchdown of the postseason. And Wyoming in three plays. Ups its lead now to 13 to nothing with 3.55 to go in the first half. Evan Prater and Jude Mitchell, that completion was a big time pitch and catch. Moshenko will attempt the point after the last hole by Sam Taylor, a good one because the snap was a little low. Taylor awaits the snap, this one not a good one either. Moshenko barely gets a piece of it, hits the crossbar and bounces backwards. Look like somebody from Valley View got a piece of it as the snap kind of fluttered back to Taylor and it threw off Wyshenko's timing and he ends up having it partially blocked and hit the crossbar, bounced back, it is no good. But there's 3.55 to go in the first half. It's now Wyoming 13, Valley View nothing. This is Wyoming Cowboys football from ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. Enjoying tonight's broadcast but missed the first 30 minutes? No need to worry. Appointment listening for all ESP Media broadcasts can be found at soundcloud.com backslash ESP Media or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Search for ESP Media. Appointment listening by ESP Media since 2010.
Back here at Patman Crusoe Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. The Division IV Region 16 Championship game. 3.55 to go first half, 13-0 Wyoming. A.J. Washenko to kick it off. Jacob Clark, the deepest of three return men for Valley View, stands back on his own five. Washenko, right-footed soccer-style kicker, gets away a nice kick that's going to back up. Clark at the one-yard line. Comes across the five to the 10, tries to get away from a man at the 15, gets away from him, and can't get away from the rest at the 16-yard line. Good kick coverage. As the first to hit him down there was Nathan Glisson. And then finishing him off was C.J. Hester. So Wyoming threatening to put Valley View in a deep hole here. If they can get a stop, they do have three, or actually two timeouts left. 3.47 to go on the clock. And Valley View hasn't moved it very much so far tonight. Cade Cradleball sends his guys out of the huddle. Has one receiver go to the left. They're going to go with double wingbacks. Actually have a tight end in there this time. So only one receiver out wide, one wing on each side. Cradle ball under center takes it. It's going to hand it off to a wingback coming off the right side. That's a running play that's going to get not much up to about the 20-yard line as Liam Musgrove took the handoff coming off the right wing. That was not a jet sweep. That was just him coming in motion and going behind the formation getting the handoff. So give him three up to the 20, but that stops the clock with 3.40 to go here in the half. Again, this... They'll send two receivers to the left. Musgrove is that way with Owens. One wing to the right. Cradle ball under center. Takes the snap. Going to fake it. Keep it himself on the keeper. Comes across the 25 to the 29-yard line. That's going to be enough for a first down. So cradle ball on the option keeper. Faked it to the fullback. Keeps it himself. And they'll mark it at the 27. And that's going to be enough for a first down for Valley View. And now Valley View thinking if it can get a little room here, it's going to be go time offensively. On the tackle for the Cowboys. Be first One receiver each way again. And this time Cradleball going to go out of the shotgun as Branham to his left. Since a man in motion, Owens going right. He hands it to him. Owens trying to get to the outside. O'Gare's going to drop him for a loss back at the 24-yard line. Boy, Owens kind of slow played that one. Looked like he thought he could get to the corner and never really saw O'Gara coming. And O'Gara dropped him for a loss of three back to the 24. Another market at the 25, but still a loss of a couple on the play. Now, see Baron Hancock, if he gets a stop maybe on one of these plays coming up, takes a timeout to give his team some time offensively for the, with the football. Got to get the stop first. Second and 12 for Valley View from the 25. Owens comes wide right this time, the open side of the field, double wings. Cradle ball under center, takes it. It's going to hand it off on a scissor action, running left and not going very far. That was Owens actually coming off the wing. The man who was out wide right was Troy Coulter. And now Aaron Hancock is going to take a timeout with 2.31, and the clock's rolling. Should be stopped. It's, they've lost about five or six seconds off the clock. Clock's still running. It should not be running. Should actually, they're, they're going to have to put some time back up on the clock. That ran about 10 extra seconds off of it. Should be about 2.31 to go. It's sitting at 2.21. We'll see if they put some time back on it. And as it'll be, it'll be third and about 10. They'll make it nine from the 28-yard line. So now Valley View, do you want to run it and force Wyoming to take its final timeout, or do you need to try to get this first down and risk an incomplete pass, giving Wyoming a free stoppage of time? I think they're going to put some time back on the clock. The referee comes over to... The Wyoming side of play, maybe to call something up. They haven't done it yet. I mean, that clock ran an extra 10 seconds off at least. 
And so they're going to ask 231 on the clock. And now they've got it set to the 231, so exactly 10 seconds ran off. So third and nine, Valley View, as they're off the sideline following the timeout. Off the hash mark to the left. Two receivers come to the right. That's Coulter and Owens. Owens the slot man. One receiver left is Musgrove. Cradleball going to go out of the shotgun. Has Branham to his left. Looks at a four-man front. Now a man goes in motion. Cradleball fakes it. He's going to try to run it straight ahead. Has tripped up across the 30. Stumbled to the 35. And if he didn't stumble, he would have probably gotten the first down. They'll actually mark him all the way to the 36. Where it'll be fourth and a yard. And now let's see. They look like they're showing that they're going to go for it. Maybe go with the hard count. But... Bob Skidmore for right now shows he's going to go for it on fourth and one. Cradle ball under center. Now he pulls out, looks at the sideline. Is Maybe they want to see what Wyoming was doing. Play clock just under 20. Game clock right now officially hits two minutes to go. Cradle ball goes back under center with 13 on the play clock. Yeah, I don't think they're going to run a snap. But I think they were just going to try to see what Wyoming would do and maybe jump them down to seven on the play clock. Now they'll take a timeout and decide what they will do on this fourth and one play. And we'll take a timeout with them. 1.49 to go in the first half of this Division IV Region 16 Championship game. It's Wyoming 13, Valley View nothing. This is Wyoming Cowboys football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Budget Door of Cincinnati has you covered. We specialize in repair and installation of commercial doors, security gates, and dock levelers. With affordable rates, 24-hour commercial service, and free replacement quotes, Budget Door can help you with any of your dock or door projects. Have an issue with your home garage door or opener? Budget Door can help with that, too. Servicing the tri-state area for over 30 years, Budget Door offers quality service at a budget price. Call 513-851-6644 to schedule your door repair or replacement today. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Swinney Automotive Group Stadium. 149 on the first half. I'm Richard Skinner with our producer engineer, Zach Waddell. And Valley View, after the timeout, leaves the offense out there on this fourth and one play from its own 36-yard line. Wyoming does have a timeout left. Cradle ball goes from under center. Takes the snap, hands it to the fullback, and I don't think he's going to get there. They're going to stop him for a loss. He tried to pull it out of the fullback's belly on the belly series. Couldn't quite get it out of there. They stopped Branham well short of the first down. He'll even lose a yard. And Wyoming's going to have great field position to up its lead here. They'll take over on the Valley View 35 or so yard line with a minute 45 to go in the half. So time really not a factor. They've got a timeout left too as well. They mark it at the 36. So it's still well short of the first down. So Wyoming with a golden opportunity right now to blow this thing open here in the first half. So they rolled the dice. Bob Skidmore came up empty as the fullback Branham stopped for a loss of a yard. And now Prater off the hash mark to the right, sends Mitchell and Pagan to the left, Kadish to the right, Thomas back in there as a running back to the right of Prater. Looks at a three-man front, takes the shotgun snap, fades the throw, wants to throw the middle screen, does so to Mitchell. Has running room 35-30. Runs straight ahead 25 and spun down there. That's going to be enough for a first down. As they ran the tunnel screen to Juke Mitchell right in the middle of the field, and he gains 12 actually down to the 34-yard line. There to make the stop was Max Smith. Wyoming right to the line of scrimmage with a minute 30 to go. Really time, not a big factor. Prater just going to run to his left, gets a block, gets outside 25-20, 15, in the clear, five, touchdown, Evan Prater. Third rushing touchdown tonight, and the 11th rushing touchdown in three postseason games for Evan Prater. And Wyoming 
has pulled out to a 19-0 lead with a minute 20 to go here in the first half. Prater was really patient to set up his blocks running left. He got into the clear at about the 10-yard line, and you're not going to catch him. He just glided in the end zone for the touchdown. And now Wyoming looks like it's going to go for two here after they had that last extra point attempt partially blocked and go no good. So the offense stays out there, all looking over at the sideline now. Mitchell and Pagan to the left. Everybody else kind of in a sugar huddle looking to the sideline for this two-point conversion play. Trying to make it a 21-0 score. Actually, the play clock down to 18. They may just take a timeout here. I think that's what they're going to do. Not sure why. Maybe just to get themselves organized, but they are going to go for two. So the decision to go for it on fourth and one for Valley View from its own 36 backfires. Not only does Wyoming get the stop, but two plays later, they get the touchdown. Evan Prater having quite a postseason. He had 14 rushing touchdowns in the regular season. He's got 11 in two and a half playoff games so far. So 25 on the ground for him on the season. Let's see what Aaron Hancock's got up his sleeve for the two point conversion play. Aaron Hancock's certainly done a great job here. Of course, Bob Lewis starting the Wyoming football tradition. That great 1962 team that went the whole season without being scored on, which is still unfathomable. They, they just got put in the La Rosa's Hall of Fame a year ago. Of course, the great Bernie Berry had great success at Wyoming, and Aaron Hancock, though, has really done some great things. Eighth season, 85-13 and 13 record. State semifinalist, actually before his time in 2009, but been to the playoffs each year he's been the head coach. And of course, last year's undefeated state championship team. So, two receivers right. Mitchell to the left, Prater in the shotgun on the two-point conversion try. Now they're going to look back over the sideline, 15 on the play clock, so plenty of time here. Prater walks away. They may go to direct snap, and they do, and they're going to run kind of a Philly special. They pitch it off to Pagan. He's rolling left, wants to throw it, trying to get to the corner. Now he's just going to toss it. It's intercepted. He tried to hit Mitchell as Pagan came off the wing to the right as they ran the Philly special as... Prater walked away from the shotgun area to a wing left. So tried a little trick play on the two-point conversion play. It failed, but as it is, it's been all Wyoming to this point. 120 to go in the first half with the score. Wyoming 19, Valley View nothing. This is Wyoming Cowboys football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Creating beautiful smiles every day. That is what we do at Casanelli Shanker and Baker Orthodontics. These board-certified orthodontists treat both children and adults and use traditional braces, clear ceramic brackets, and Invisalign to meet their individual patient needs. With offices conveniently located in Westchester and Blue Ash, they provide flexible payment options, convenient hours, and high-quality care. For a free new patient exam, contact Casanelli Shanker and Baker Orthodontics at 513-777-7060. Welcome back here to Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium, adjacent to Princeton High School, the home of the Princeton Vikings. As Wyoming with a 19-0 lead over Valley View in this Division IV Region 16 Championship game. Washenko to click, kick it off. Jacob Clark, the deepest of three, stands at his own five. Washenko gets away a high, shorter kick that Clark fields at the eight. Straight ahead across the 15, 20. Angles outside 25. Tries to cut it out to 30, does so. Now runs forward. He's tackled at the 32-yard line. So a pretty good return by Jacob Clark. And Valley View now with a minute 11 to go down 19 to nothing. Will have two timeouts. But they only have three first downs in this first half. 
they can't throw the ball. We talked about cradle ball, the five touchdown passes in the first playoff game. Certainly a big part of their offense. The leading rusher in addition to being a 1,500-yard passer in the regular season. But can't get his offense on track so far tonight. Off the hash mark to the right. They will send two receivers out wide left. That's Carruth and Musgrove. Two receivers out right as well. So double slots each way. And a ball from under center on first down. Jakes the snap, drops the throw, looking, fires to the near side. It's going to be caught by Owens at the 35, and he steps out of bounds at the 38-yard line. Mitchell helped him step out. Hancock was there as well to shove him out of bounds. So a gain of about seven to the 39. Does stop the clock because he went out of bounds with a minute four to go here in the first half. Knocked out of bounds by number 44, Jared Hancock. Finally breaks the huddle. He looked over the sideline for a long time. Again, same setup. Off the hash mark to the right. Double slots each way. The left, the open side of the field. Randall Ball sends a man in motion going right, but he doesn't go across the formation. Now he drops the throw. Looking right. Now he's flushed out. He's in some trouble. And he's going to be sacked back at the 37-yard line. Well, he looked at his first receiver who was covered. There were three defenders back there to make the sack. Credit Chris Guest, Sam Martin, and Bo Thomas. All three of them back there on the stop. They'll lose two back to the 37, and the clock runs with 43 seconds to go. Wyoming is out of timeout, so it's a matter of Valley View. If it wants to run a, another play, they'll have to run at least one more. There's a 15-second play clock, game clock differential. As they go with the same formation, two slots each way. The running back to the right of Cradle Ball and the shotgun takes the snap. He's just going to run it straight ahead and gets it up to the 41-yard line, close to the first down, but don't think he got there. And I think that's just going to do it for the first half, down to 10 seconds to go. And that is going to be the last play of this first half, down to five seconds. And it was scoreless through one quarter of play, but Wyoming, with a big second quarter outburst, puts 20 on the board. And at halftime of this Division IV Region 16 championship game, Wyoming looking to make it 28 wins in a row, looking to move within two wins of defending it's state championship and looking pretty good in doing so. Here at halftime to score. It's Wyoming 19, Valley View nothing. This is Wyoming Cowboys football from ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. We'll be back in about uh, 20 or so minutes with the second half. Until then, enjoy the Angry Quarterbacks podcast. For over 32 years, Nelson & Associates, a family-owned, Ohio-based, full-service real estate company, has specialized in the management and development of affordable housing communities. Choose Nelson & Associates for all of your real estate needs, whether it's sales, development, property management, or consulting. We are an experienced professional team providing quality service. For more information about Nelson & Associates, please visit us on the web at www.nelsonasc.com or call us at 513-961-6011. Another edition of the weekly Angry Quarterbacks podcast from the James Rapine Memorial Studios. 
I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback Tony Pike of Reading High School, UC, and Carolina Panthers fame. We've got a lot to get to, NFL and the Bengals. Some college football where UC survives and advances towards maybe a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, We'll see how the college football playoff rankings may shake down. They come down this evening as we do this on a Tuesday morning. And high school football as we get to the regional finals in both Kentucky and Ohio. The final Indiana team, unfortunately, Lawrenceburg going out this past weekend in its regional championship game, losing to uh, an undefeated team, 22 to nothing, something along those lines. So, unfortunately, a great season for Lawrenceburg comes to a close. But let's start with the NFL and the Bengals. Couple well, of we're the, doing four segments. Well, they're kind of NFL and then Bengals. We, we, we kind of weave them, to, we weave them together. Let's start with the Bengals and let's start with your position group, Ryan Finley. What have you seen Oy. from him in two games, good and bad, and, and and being fair at the same time, doing it with the eye of I know what he's dealing, you know the hand he's dealing yeah. with. So what what do you think so far? I just I, I don't. He's not a starting quarterback no, in the NFL. I would agree. Um, maybe a, a certified backup. Uh, but I look at where Ryan Finley had his success. It was the preseason. And preseason, there's not exotic defenses. There's not exotic looks. Defensive coaches want their players to have to make plays. So they put them in difficult situations. Ryan Finley looked great in the preseason. Um, I know I thought, working minicamp, things like that, that I was more impressed with Dolagala at times. Now, Finley played well in the preseason. And then they almost give him a little bit of a pass last week against the Ravens because it's like, okay, that's the Ravens. They're doing it to everybody right now. But there were things that you didn't want to see, staring down receivers, late to throws. The accuracy, I thought, was a little bit of an issue. And then watching Sunday against the Raiders, um, not, a, not a good pass defensive team in Oakland um, that looked like a, an all-world team. I mean, they dropped two pick sixes. Yeah. I, I look for the second game in a row, you lose a fumble and you throw an interception. Can't make a, a living doing that in the NFL. And then just watching the arm strength just isn't there. He's not able to let it loose and fit it in a tight window. He's not able to make um, the you know the elite Aaron Rodgers type of throw where you're re- going back across the field and you're fit into a small window. He's yeah, the, not the able elite to Aaron Rodgers throw was the Damian Willis fourth down throw. Right. Th- those guys like you make have to that make throw. those plays. Yeah. Um, I look at a guy still struggling with reads. I know he's still young, uh, but I looked at a guy um, to C.J. Uzama himself three or four passes. Not even close to being. He made two catches on back-to-back right. plays. C.J. Uzama for four yards total. And there were, there were two. Passes. There were two great, two of the greatest catches yes. you see all season. So I saw. And they netted you four yards. I saw ten yards and under passes that were inaccurate, that had the wrong velocity, that were landed in the wrong spot. That type of stuff isn't game to game. He's still a young guy. That is, we have to question if he is capable of being a starting quarterback in this league. And and after seeing. 13 to 31 for 115 yards against that defense. I, I don't think that's the answer. Now, uh, Zach Taylor was asked at his Monday press conference about the starting quarterback spot, and I thought he was very noncommittal this time around with Ryan Finley, yeah. saying he's our starting quarterback this week against Pittsburgh. I'm not looking beyond that. And he didn't mean he wasn't looking beyond that from a quarterback position. I think that he just meant in general, yeah. I'm not looking beyond Pittsburgh. But I also think it left the door ajar that we may see Andy Dalton again this season. And is there anything wrong with it? Or, or, well, I. I think you go back to Andy. Yeah. I, I do. I, I really I mean, maybe you get Dolagala the last game, something like yeah. that. Would you? Would it be the right thing to do to go back to Andy, or have you lost him maybe mentally and emotionally? Now he's a pros pro, and I love a lot of things about Andy, and I think he would, he would buckle down and yeah. get back to preparing. You know, a thousand percent to be the starter, all of those things. But 
can you can you go back to Andy at this stage this think, year? I think you can because I think Dalton would take it as a chance to make more money. I think he would take it as a chance to show, okay, this wasn't this just is, me. This is a bad team. You've seen now with the Ryan Finley situation, it wasn't the quarterback position, and then go in and put up good numbers, and you're going to raise your stock anyway for what you're trying to do, or if right. the Bengals are trying to move you. Um, the the question for me, and I think this goes into the locker room, is that you hear all the coaches say we're trying to win. And the players hear that. But, yeah, the players watch what happens. But are you putting the Sunday. best Correct. players on the field Correct. at all times? So I think if you're if you're saying that you're playing to win, I think if Andy Dalton's a quarterback Sunday, they win that game. I do too. And, and, and I, I think it changes what Paul Gunther's able to do. I think they can go to Mixon a little more. I think they obviously use Tyler Boyd more, who kind of voiced his frustration. But you can't on one end say, hey, we are, we're trying to win now. It's not about tanking. We want to win games in the National Football League. But then at the other end, not play the guys that could get those wins. So I've seen Ryan Finley for two games. I know what Andy Dalton is. If you're trying to win, then Andy Dalton's your quarterback. Agreed. So Agreed. They're, they're pitching two different things. And I think, again, that creates a little bit more of that rift that we've talked about in the locker room. And, and I think you saw it for the first time against Baltimore. Tyler Boyd now voicing frustrations. As you continue to lose and you find different ways to lose, that, that rip is going to part ways even wider. And then you're going to be facing a split locker room. And to this point, everyone raves. Well, Zach Taylor's done a great job of keeping it together. And I think he together. has. And, I, I think the players, right. and to the players' credit, I think they've done some of that on yeah, their own. But at 0-10... It starts and, to wear, and and now players again at zero and ten. You made, you made the I like your comment from last week. They've they've had different meat shields. Yeah. So I think even for players, even those that maybe didn't believe completely that Ryan was the guy, I think for right. them even it was maybe all okay, right. I love this. Andy, yeah. but let's see this, and they were all voiced support Something of it. Different. Yeah. And then after you see it for a couple of games, you probably as a as a veteran go, ah, right, we gave the kid a shot. Right. Man, hey. I, we know what Andy can do, man. We right. we know at least he gives us a better chance than the kid does. Like, let's let's go there. At, at the end of the day, this is now your livelihood in the NFL. This isn't college football where you're on scholarship and you can come back and you're on scholarship next year. A lot of these guys, this is your opportunity. And when you start messing with guys' livelihood and their money by putting bad things out there on the field, mm -hmm. that's where you start to lose the locker room. And I think that's where you started to see that with the A.J. Green situation. Hey, I want to be here. Make it happen. Seems like the two sides were far apart. He doesn't want to be franchise tag. So now AJ Green sees it as okay. Now you're you're coming at my livelihood. Now I don't. I'm I'm not on board with that. No right. And now you're seeing players, Tyler Boyd, trying to make a living, trying to say okay, I want to get a thousand yards. I want to do this, and he's targeted three times. Joe Mixon, 15 carries. You know the the different guys that could get an opportunity that aren't getting an opportunity because whether it's the offensive scheme or the quarterback not spreading the ball around or what. But that is a, a big part going forward of now these guys to put their foot in the ground and say, wait a second, what, what, are, what are we doing? This is my job. This is my life. And we're throwing this away like this. So, I, again, I, I've said it for the last couple of weeks. Until they get a win, it's going to continue to no, get worse. No doubt. We thought the Baltimore was rock bottom, and then they find a way to lose against the Raiders. And now it feels like rock bottom. So, it's going to continue that way until you find a way. All right, the Cordy Glenn situation, I think everybody's put it sight out of or, or, or out of their mind, I guess, sight unseen for lack of a better Not term. unless you watch John Jerry. But no, that's, that's a good point. Holy cow. So that, that kind of ties into this. Cordy Glenn on Sunday was a healthy scratch. That was a DNP coach's decision. Mm -hmm. 
It's not concussion any longer. It hasn't been concussion for a long time. Everybody needs to understand this is, and this is. I want this to be. I'm not blaming Zach Taylor or the Bengals organization for the way they're handling Cordy Glenn right now. Right. But you've decided that Cordy Glenn's attitude, and I get the attitude, is why you're not playing him right now. And I know there's other things involved to this, and he's probably going to be gone here before long, and they're probably going to recoup some of the money, and that's why he's not playing. But if you go back to what you said about putting the best players on the field, Mm -hmm. Cordy Glenn is a starting left tackle in this league. We can argue the level of quality of starting left tackle, but he's at least a capable starting left tackle, something that John Jerry is not. John Jerry is a complete stopgap, throw a guy out there because yeah. we need a body playing left tackle. He wasn't left tackle. in the NFL last year right. for a reason. Right, and you can see it. So what does that, what message, I, and I know we're all, we're all playing games here to a large degree because Cordy's put you in this bind, but you're now at the stage of you're the Bengals, and, and I, this is going to come down to lawyers is what it's going to come down yep. to, and the Bengals have a bunch of those in the front office, and that's why Cordy's not playing. But on the surface, when you see it as a fan or even as a media or anybody, mm-hmm. The cut to the chase was Cordy Glenn on Sunday was a healthy scratch. Right. He practiced full all three days last week. He is no longer listed with a concussion designation. Yep. And he doesn't play. So you you go back to putting the best players on the field. Are you still doing that? Or now we have another front office mix-up, mess, mess oh, up, yeah. mishap, all of those things, and a player who's put you in this bind that we are now sitting in a situation where could you have gotten something for Cordy Glenn at the trade deadline? I don't care if at this point if it was a seventh round. Pick. I don't either, because at this point, because uh, at this point, then if he's healthy, and, and we're and we're trying to just save some dollars because of the right. grievance, what what are, what are we what are we, what is everybody doing here? Well, it goes back to what this team and, and and this locker room feel. Imagine the locker room when guys are out there playing hurt, and I know guys play hurt, but imagine that guy playing hurt and in there for treatment, and you look across and you see Cordy Glenn. And he practices. I guarantee Cordy Glenn's not watching any extra film during the week. No. I guarantee as soon as he can be out of there, he's out no, of there. No, he's, he's playing scout team left tackle right. is what he's playing right. right now. Making a good amount of money. He's making $9 million plus right. this year. Divide that by 16 game yes. checks, Tony. While he heads to heads home and he checks and, okay, check cleared this week. Yep. Good to go for another yeah. week. He has essentially held this team hostage because he said, well, I'm Basically, not playing. Because the front office, again, didn't do its due diligence right. on the guy. Right. So, didn't vet him enough. And again, so we've talked about now, you made the move to Cordy Glenn. You re-upped Preston Brown. These are all moves in the front office that you're like, well, well wait a second. What, what are we doing? And now, again, talk about locker room. Right now, the draft looks like an unmitigated disaster. Yes. yes. Your second-round pick is barely played. Now he's unfortunately hurt. Your first-round yep. pick, we're going to give them a pass. I think that's in fairness. Mm-hmm. I mean, can't give them anything but a pass. The guy got hurt. Your third round pick, Jermaine Pratt, he is playing extended snaps, and he's he has a flash here and there, but for the most part, he has not proven to be a, a playmaker. Michael Jordan got beat out pretty quickly yep. as, at a guard. They they love his upside, and I do too, I guess. Now Ryan Finley, who's another fourth round pick, is is not showing you much. So another draft that's come and gone and looks like a bunch of wasted picks, other than maybe Jonah Williams, and I'm yep. holding out hope that he's not going to be. Um, so so yeah, what are we doing here? Well, the- the interesting side is is that Cordy Glenn being in the locker room makes this team worse. It creates more of that rift in the locker room. I watched the San Francisco 49ers Sunday scored four touchdowns in the game. All four touchdowns were scored by undrafted free agents wow. from 17 and 18. That's, that's, that's incredible. You know what that's called? A scouting yeah. department. That's great. So, again, everything that we do on this show, we start with the team 
and then it winds up back at to the, the front top. office. Yeah, it does. And, and, it, and it's crazy how that works. But again, look what Zach Taylor has had on his plate this year. And, and at some point, let's be fair. At some point, if we're evaluating talent, we need to evaluate coaches' talent. What is Brian Callahan doing on this team right now? Don't know. Offensive coordinator, but he doesn't call plays. Zach Taylor does that. Would you say Zach Taylor is successfully calling plays right now? I don't think so. I don't think so. So why wouldn't Brian Callahan get a chance? If we're giving Ryan Fitt, let's say, okay, Brian Callahan, we need to see what we have in our offensive coordinator. Because here's what we see. Again, three weeks ago, we mentioned on this show. Now, in fairness, Eric Bieniemy is also the Chiefs offensive coordinator, and Andy right. Reid does call plays. Right. But I know what you're saying. But but you see more. I mean, you see Bieniemy's active during yes. You don't really see much of, of Brian Callahan. Yeah, Brian's upstairs. Yeah. So, yeah. So, w- what we see now, watching the game on TV Sunday, it was refreshing. They showed a man in an Oakland press box, and they put general manager under it. Huh. So, they have a general manager that seems to have pulled a lot of the right strings. People killed him for Khalil Mack. All of a sudden, that turned into Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And that pick that's going to come next year with Chicago struggling is going to be even higher. Yeah, and Cleveland Farrell starts. Yes. Um, Jonathan Abram looked like he was going to – he only played a handful of snaps before he got hurt and got lost right. for the season. He looked like a wrecker of a safety. Yep. Uh, Max Crosby. Uh, yep. Foster Moreau was a fifth-round draft pick. Had four, caught, four caught a sacks. touchdown. I mean, they're, they're almost their whole draft class yeah. has not just produced, but wildly produced. Hunter Renfro was a yep. fifth-round pick. So I see that. They traded for Tyrell Williams. <laughs> traded for Tyrell Williams. So I watch all of that. And, I, and, and they, they revamped their offensive line, too. Don't be mistaken by that. So I watch all of that. And then I watched three weeks ago, and you and I talked about this the time it happened. Arthur Blank comes down in the locker room and, and talks to the team. And he talks to the media. He says, this is the direction. I'm not standing for this. What have the Atlanta Falcons done the last two weeks? On the road at New Orleans, dominated. On the road at Carolina, dominated. Dominated. Direction, playing for something. Watch Carolina's owner this morning um, come out and say, look, we will not settle to be a mediocre team. Something is going to change. So I see owners doing it. I see I see GMs doing it. And then I look at us, and, and I sit here and I say, you know, at 0-10. And, and the only person speaking towards it is Zach, Zach Taylor. Taylor. Right. And I, and I say, at 0-10, will there be a voice from now? until the end of the season, other than Zach Taylor. Will we hear from no. Duke Tobin? Will we hear from no, Mike Brown? No, I've, I've asked for – right. I have literally put a formal written request to right. speak to Duke And Tobin. if the answer is no, then that is that right there is the problem. How, if the answer to that is no, can we expect that they're going to change something in free agency? How do we expect they're going to trade away the correct parts? How do we expect that they're going to scout and draft the correct way and, and when we can't do it during the year? in free yes. agency, all of those Correct. Things. And maybe hire the next coach when the time comes. Right. Put a GM in place. Right. There, there are a handful of fans in town pointing the finger of blame directly at Zach Taylor. And, and look, I was one that was critical of the hire just because mm-hmm. it didn't feel right. You're hiring a, a quarterback coach with minimal experience, a head coach. And, and at this point, it does look like he's over his head. But in, in for those that, that think that he is the sole cause for 0-10, Not at all. wake up. Yep. Just honestly, wake up. He is he is partial, but it goes back to the whole, and I think you've asked me the question, is it time to look at the different defensive coordinators? All I can tell you is they've had three in the last whatever games, and and it, right. at some point it's the personnel. So we are really in a, we are in, I'm not so sure we're not in a worse rut than the 90s. I really am not yeah. sure we're not in a worse rut. Skinny, it's the same personnel department that after last season decided to say, you know what, let's re-sign Preston Brown. Old you know school what? 4-3 middle linebacker. You know what? Let's bring back Bobby Hart. That's the same personnel department 
that did that. The same personnel department that said, this is a, yeah, get Cordy Glenn, make the move. Draft Billy Price. The same personnel department that did all of that. That, that to me, is the issue. The fact that we've talked at length this year, why is Zach Taylor, a first-year head coach in his 30s, not a lot of experience, having to deal with total BS like the Cordy Glenn situation, like the trade rumors, like the A.J. Green Green situation? Why is someone else not making those calls? Why is someone someone not taking something off the plate of this coaching staff? Because all it is, it adds up every week, and now I think you see that in games. I think you see the frustration. Look, I'm 33. There's players in that Bengal locker room that are in their mid-30s or the same age as Zach Taylor. If you're 0-10 and you're listening to your coach and you're 0-10, do you still kind of, do you at some point kind of say, well, what? wait a second, am I, am I really buying into this? So now you're going to take a chance of losing the locker room. And then being, again, like we've said, the meat shield to all of this. And you really can't get that back, can right. you? No. No, not at that point. Because they're going to say, okay, what has this guy done? Now you got Tyler Boyd. I only got three touches. Does Zach Taylor really know what he's doing? you got A.J. Green. you got you got people on this team that listen to Zach Taylor. A.J. Green's good. Why isn't A.J. Green back? Is, does he really know? Can Zach Taylor not handle this Cordy Glenn situation? That's what players start to ask. Yeah, as opposed, those, as opposed to the deflection of Zach saying, listen, this is out of my hands, guys. Right. This is, this, and, it, and, it, right. and it is to a large degree. Right. But, but if it's out of your but hands, push him out the hands that it. it should be in should be the ones out front talking about some of right. this stuff. But then, Saying that, listen, we're not going to franchise tag AJ. Right. Or, hey, we're trying to negotiate in good faith. And the guy's side, he won't come. He won't be, he's wanting Julio Jones money. We don't feel that, that that. Looking for future leaders we can believe in? Look no further than the high school student athletes right here in Ohio. High school sports teach young people how to be effective leaders. It includes learning to listen, accepting responsibility, being a good role model, and it's about respect. The result, it transcends sports. It gives us hope for the future. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Welcome back to Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. I'm Richard Skinner with producer engineer Zach Waddell. As we get set for the start of the second half, Wyoming on top 19 to nothing. And here's how we got to the 19 to nothing score after a scoreless first quarter following an interception by Camden O'Gara and a good return. Wyoming marched 35 yards in five plays and went up seven to nothing on an Evan Prater four yard touchdown run as AJ Washenko's extra point was good. Wyoming then the next time it had the football thanks to a 51 yard pass play from Prater to Jupe Mitchell. It's set up an eight-yard touchdown run by Prater with 3.55 to go in the half. The extra point attempt was blocked, and it left us with a score of 13 to nothing. And then after Valley View went forward on fourth and one from its own 36-yard line and did not make it, Wyoming marched 36 yards in those two plays. A quick pass to Jupe Mitchell, and then an Evan Prater 24-yard touchdown run. His third touchdown rushing in the first half. His 11th touchdown rushing this postseason. They tried for two. It did not convert. And that's why we have the score right now at 19 to nothing Wyoming here at halftime. Statistically, Wyoming had nine first downs in the first half. Valley View four. Wyoming with 167 yards total offense to 62 for Valley View of Wyoming's 167. 93 came on the ground on 18 attempts and Evan Prater was four of seven passing for 74 yards. Valley View had just 44 yards rushing on 19 carries and passing wise, their quarterback, Kate Cradleball was only three of eight for 18 yards and did throw the one interception 
One of Valley View's first downs did come via a roughing the punter penalty, so they had three first downs offensively, and that was it in that first half of play. Defensively, O'Gara with a big first half, had five tackles, including one for loss, also had that interception, and a quarterback hurry. Chris Guest with five tackles, including two for loss, and one of those a quarterback sack, and credit Harrison Shepard with a quarterback sack as well in that first half for Wyoming. So Wyoming in good position, looking to make it win number 28 in a row, dating back to the start of last season. The last time they lost came in this round of the playoffs in 2017 when Clinton Massey got them 28-7 in the regional championship game. But since that point in time, starting with the opener in 2017, the Cowboys have ripped off 27 wins in a row, including last year's Division IV state championship game. They've got 12 in a row so far this season, looking to make it number 13 and in pretty good position to do so with that 19 to nothing lead as we get set to start this second half of play. Valley View, if you remember, did win the toss and deferred, so Valley View will be on offense and they've got to try to find some offensive answers in a hurry because they didn't have much offensively in that first half of play. As I mentioned, the winner of this game not only wins the Division IV Region 16 Championship, but it advances to the state semifinals and those state semifinal pairings will be determined by the Ohio High School Athletic Association, not predetermined. And some scores of those other regional final games. Poland Seminary at halftime leads undefeated Perry 14-7. Clyde, the eighth seed in Region 14, leads Ottawa Glandorf at the half 10-3. Newark Licking Valley undefeated, leading Carroll Bloom Carroll 16-0 at halftime. And of course here it's Wyoming undefeated, 19-0 leaders over Valley View. It'll be A.J. Washenko to kick it off. Back deep, the deepest of the return man will be Jacob Clark. It's three returners back. They have two situated at the 15, and another one, Clark, stands back at the five-yard line. Lashenko moves on the football, gets away a sidewinding kick. It's going to bounce at the two and bounces into the end zone for a touchback. Valley View will start at its own 20-yard line to start this second half of play. And again, trying to find some answers offensively. This is an offense that was pretty productive during the season. Averaged 34.8 points per game. Scored over 40 five different times. Held under 28 just two times. And in the two playoff games, put up 42 on Clinton Massey and 28 last week on Roger Bacon, but shut out so far tonight by this great Wyoming defense. First down play from the 20-yard line. Cradleball has receivers each way, wing backs each way. Now Owens goes in motion off the wing right to the left, and somebody moved up front, I believe, for Valley View. And that's going to be a false start and a five-yard penalty on first down. That's certainly not the way. Red Valley View coach Bob Skidmore wanted to start the second half. Skidmore was a longtime assistant at Valley View in his fourth season as the head coach. 10-2 in 2016, 11-1 in 2017. Did not make the playoffs last year when they went 6-4, but 10-2 so far this season. Valley View's got three state championships to its credit. This is the 20th playoff appearance all time. They won titles in 97, 96, and 94. First and 15, cradle ball from under center. There's a man in motion going right, drops the throw, throws it left. It's going to be in and out of the hands of the intended receiver, trying to dive for it. And coming up short of it was Billy Carruth, and they just tried to run a quick out and did not find the mark. It goes incomplete. It'll be second and 15. Anytime Cradleball's had to drop for any length of time, he's gotten pressure, so they're trying some quick passing game stuff and not finding a lot of luck. Cradleball now just three of nine passing on the night. Second down and 15. Again, receivers go each way. Now they're going to send a second receiver out wide right, so they're going to actually have double slots each way. Cradleball going to go from the shotgun. He's got Branham to his left. Left-handed passer awaits the shotgun snap, takes it, 
Fakes it, keeps it across the 15, and chopped down at the 17-yard line. Nice tackle by O'Gara. Camden O'Gara was right there to stuff him. After a short gain of two, it'll be third and 13. This will be a nice way to start the second half, get a quick three and out, and probably get good field position out of it. And try to build on that 19-0 Wyoming lead. Receiver each way, double wings each way. Credible going to go from under center. Brandon, the low running back behind him. Takes the snap, drops the throw, looking, sets his feet, guns it towards the middle. It's going to be tipped and almost intercepted by O'Gara. He got a right hand on it at the 35-yard line and couldn't quite cradle it in. As it is, he breaks the pass up. It'll be fourth down, and they're going to have to punt the football away, and this should be really good field position for Wyoming. Back there dropping the punt again. JT Ferguson stands at the three. Brennan Pagan to the near side. And Will Schuler to the far side, stand at the 50 to await the punt. So a three and out for Valley View to start the second half. Wyoming up 19 and nothing, and probably going to get good field position. Snap back, rolling on the rugby style punt and kicking it out of there. It's a good one. It's going to back Pagan up to the 45 in Wyoming territory. Heads off to the left, has a block across the 50, and tripped up at the 45 yard line in Valley View territory. And then Two players go to the turf, one for each team. Kind of got mixed up, but the officials let them separate each other, and they do. So great field position for Wyoming. We haven't even played a minute in the second half, just 54 seconds. And Wyoming with a 19-0 lead is going to take over on the Valley View 45-yard line. Wyoming takes over on the Valley View 45-yard line, first and 10. See here if Aaron Hancock decides to take a shot here on with the good field position. Pagan and Kadish go wide to the right. Mitchell to the left, they're on the hash mark to the left. Bo Thomas starts the second half at running back. He's to the left of Prater in the shotgun. Looks at a four-man front. Claps his hands once, takes the shotgun snap, hands it off to Thomas, winds his bay from the right to the left. Has running room across the 45 to the 40, and knocked down to the 38-yard line. There is a flag that came in behind the play in the area you would think of holding or maybe even a block in the back, but I think it's going to be holding the call against Wyoming here, and it will be. Holding on the Cowboys. Mark that from the 43-yard line, so that'll back them up back into Wyoming territory at the 47-yard line, where it'll be first and 18. Ball will be spotted on the 47-yard line. Pagan and Kadish go wide right, the open side of the field. Mitchell to the close side, the left. O'Gara lines up on a wing right with Thomas, the running back to the left of Prater, taking weights the shotgun snap. Now he. Stops his cadence and looks over to the sideline to see if they're going to change up the play. And they did something because Prater walked up to tell his offensive lineman. Now he's back in the shotgun. Takes the shotgun snap, takes it, fakes it, going to throw it to the right to Peggy, makes the catch with some pace to room across the 50. 45-40, breaks a tackle. 35, far side 30. 25-20, they got an angle on him, and he runs out of bounds down at the 15-yard line. Brennan Pagan just caught a quick screen out to the right. When he caught it, he actually caught it moving forward. So he was able to catch that on the run and picks up some big yardage all the way down to the 45, pickup of 38. They'll make it at the 16, pickup of 37. And it's a first down Princeton on the Valley View 16, leading 19-0. Quickly to the line of scrimmage. Off the hash mark to the right, two receivers left. Valley View had to run a player off. But now Valley View has to take a timeout because they had too many men on the field. We'll take a take quick timeout with them. 10.31 to go here in the third quarter. It's Wyoming 19, Valley View nothing, and Wyoming knocking on the door for more. This is Wyoming Cowboys football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. When it comes to financial planning, most financial companies ask, what's your salary? 
At Northwestern Mutual Cincinnati, we ask, what's your story? We know building the right financial plan means looking at more than money. That's why we start by asking the right question, listening to what matters most to you, then guiding you every step of the way to help you live the life you want, now and years from now. Plan your financial story with Northwestern Mutual. Contact us today at 513-366-3600 or visit us on the web at cincinnati.nm.com. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. Richard Skinner along with producer engineer Zach Waddell. Wyoming with a first and 10 on the Valley View 16-yard line after the 37-yard screen pass and run from Evan Prater to Brendan Pagan. Pagan and Mitchell go out to the left in a slot, the open side of the field. Kadish by himself wide right, but not very far wide. Here's Prater takes the snap, hands it off to Thomas, runs off the left. No, he kept it himself across the 15. Sidesteps a man and sidesteps another and runs out of bounds. And he's tackled very late, and the penalty flag comes in. Prater is a good four or five yards out of bounds, and two players dragging him down. And that's going to be marked half the distance. That should give Wyoming a first and goal at the five. Personal foul, there's the call against Valley View. I want to give a quick shout out, apparently the senior class of Wyoming on a senior trip in Washington, D.C. Listen to the broadcast in the conference room there, so shout out to you guys and your team. Looks like it's on its way to the state semifinals with a 19-0 lead and knocking on the door first and goal on the Valley View five-yard line. On the hash mark to the right, one receiver each way. Hancock comes in as a tight end set left. O'Gara set on a wing left. Pagan in there as a running back now. Prater looked at the sideline, rubbed his jersey to signal something to the coaching staff. Now walks back up to the offensive line to shout instructions to them. Now goes back in the shotgun. Awaits the snap, takes the snap. Trying to run right, gets a block, cuts inside at the five, dives forward. Did he get in? Nope, they're going to mark him just short of the goal line. Evan Prater within inches of touchdown number four for him on the night. But they said he landed just shy of the goal line. And I mean, that's about as close to the goal line as you can get without going over it. It'll be second and goal. He's 6'5", and he can, he can lunge it. Second and goal from the inch line. Prater looking over the side. I mean, you, you can barely put a credit card between the nose of that football and the goal line itself. Down to 20 on the play clock. I think Prater thought he scored. He did not. He'll go from the shotgun with Pagan to his left. Receivers each way. Prater takes the snap, runs straight ahead, leaps into the end zone for the touchdown. Touchdown number four of the night for Evan Prater on the ground. And for him in the postseason, that is now 12 rushing touchdowns in three playoff games. And Wyoming's lead swells to 25-0 as A.J. Washenko, who made his first extra point, had his second one blocked thanks to a bad snap. He's in there to try another one out of the hold of Sam Taylor again. Snap a little high, Taylor gets it down, and we get a whistle, and we're going to get a false start against Wyoming. So if there's anything that's not gone right for them tonight, it's been this portion of the game kicking extra points. First snap was low. Taylor got it on the tee, and they were able to get it through. Second one... Kind of knuckled back to Taylor, the holder, and threw off the timing completely. Washenko had it blocked. It hit the crossbar. Wyoming went for two after its third touchdown. So here we are with touchdown number four. Washenko trying 
from five yards further back. Keller waits the snap, the holder. That's a good one, it's down. Washenko's kick is on the way, and he drills it right through. Wyoming, opening things up, 9.25 to go third quarter of this Division IV Region 16 Championship game as the Cowboys 26, Valley View nothing. This is Wyoming Cowboys football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. London Computer Systems is a seven-time top workplace thanks to their top Cincinnati workforce. For three decades, LCS has been a leading provider of critical business technologies, including their signature property management software, Rent Manager. Take the next step in your career and join this award-winning workforce. Visit www.lcs.com careers today. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Stadium is the precipitation starting to fall once again. It rained before the game. Wasn't really falling the first half a whole lot, but falling right now. It's a light rain, but it looks like if you look up in the lights, coming down at a decent clip, doesn't look to be affecting anybody out on the field as Washenko to kick it away. Swings his right leg and gets away a nice driving kick that Clark's gonna field at the three. Runs across the 10 to the 15, angles right, he fumbles the football, it's not loose, and it's gonna be recovered by Valley View back on the 19 yard line. There was really no Wyoming player close to it, and a nice job of hustle for Valley View, who's there to recover it was Jackson Lang. And there's a Wyoming player down at the moment, hurt. Might be Glisten it looks like. Boy, that was a shot, that ball went straight up in the air after Clark was hit. But fortunately for Valley View and unfortunately for Wyoming, it was just white-shirted Valley View defenders around, or, off, or offensive players, kickoff return players, around the football. Glisten now sitting up. He's had an interception in each of the two playoff games, first two playoff games. He's going to walk off under his own power, but walking off very gingerly. He's taking his time, so he'll come out of the lineup on defense. Got a pat on the helmet from Aaron Hancock, and he just walks to the sideline. I just got the proverbial bell rung or something else. Now they're going to walk into the bench area and take a further look at him. So Valley View in some trouble right now. Down 26-0 with 9.16 to go in the third. They'll start from their own 20-yard line. Two receivers each way. Cradle ball under center, sends a man Owens in motion right to left. He's going to drop the throw on first down, sets his feet, looking, still looking. Now he's flushed out to the left, still on the move, going to try to fire a pass on the run, does so, and he's got a receiver. It's caught at the 47, and then being shoved out of bounds up at the 49-yard line. That was Ben Owens. A nice job by Cradle ball to escape the pressure. He looked for all the world like he was going to get sacked, and then when he flushed himself out to the left, he was able to look downfield and saw Owens wide open standing at the 47-yard line. Pick up a 30 and a first down for Valley Yule, marking at the 49-yard line. One receiver wide right, one to the left. Now in motion to the right comes Owens dropping the throw. And looking right and throwing in a diving attempt. And is it caught down at the 40-yard line? It is. And that's Coulter. Nice diving catch by Troy Coulter down at the 39-yard line. That's a first down. So a couple of quick pass plays. As Glisson, by the way, does come back in. And Cooper Kadish will go out. So Glisson, I guess, just needed to offer a couple plays because he's back on. 
from the 39-yard line. Cradle ball under center, takes the snap, drops the throw, looking right. Now he's in some trouble, rolling to his right. He's a left-hander, trying to get his shoulder squared up, and then he just throws it away, and I don't think he's got it to the line of scrimmage. There was no receiver in the vicinity. And there's no receiver anywhere close to that football. Closest one was Billy Carruth about 10 yards further down the field. Nice job by Cradleball to get out of the trouble. Boy, I'll tell you what, I'm not, I'm not so sure that wasn't grounding. Mission say, nope, play on. 8.25 to go in the third, 26-0, Wyoming with the lead. Valley View with its, probably its best drive. It really hasn't been a drive, just a couple of plays of the night. Two receivers, receiver each way, wing back each way. Right ball under center, Owens goes in motion to the right. Gonna fake twice, right ball looking, gonna dump it outside, incomplete. Not even close to the intended receiver. Jude Mitchell was probably the closest one to it, the Wyoming defender, as he tried to dump it towards the left sideline for Lucas Lynch. So third and 10 Valley View from the Wyoming 39 as the little mist continues to fall. One thing is when the mist started falling, the wind that was blowing for a bit has stopped. The flag, the American flag off to our right in the end zone, pretty limp at the moment. Double slots each way, cradle ball from under center. Mark signals now raises back up and looks to his sideline as they're gonna change the play or make the play call. Looking to see what the Wyoming defense did. He looks at a four-man Wyoming front. O'Gara's going to blitz. Here he comes. Cradle ball drops to throw. Has some time. Fires it over the middle. Has a receiver at the 25-yard line. Trying to run parallel and getting tackled at the 21-yard line. And actually hog-tied and tagged forward. And now there's a wrestling match going on. As coming across to catch it over the middle and doing a nice job is Coulter. And that's a first down for Valley View at the Wyoming 21-yard line. Actually, no, check that. That was Leah Musgrove who made the catch. Again, these white uniform numbers on the white jersey are impossible to see. Out of the shotgun now, Cradle Ball. Sends Owens in motion. Gets the handoff on the jet running left. Cuts it across the 20. Breaks to a tackle at the 15. He's down to the 10 and down to the 9-yard line before he's finally brought down. Glisson and Pagan combine to make the stop, but not before... Ben Owens carries it down to the nine-yard line. We're going to be first and goal Valley View with inside eight minutes to go in the third. First and goal from the Wyoming nine-yard line. Double slots each way. Hit a ball. Going to stay in the shotgun. Has Branham is running back to his right. Awaits the shotgun snap, takes it. Hands it off to Brando. Kept it himself running behind Branham, and he spins down to the seven-yard line. Got a couple there to make the stop. Jared Hancock from Wyoming. As he faked it to the fullback and then ran right behind him in the hole down to the seven yard line. Second and goal for Valley View. Just inside the hash mark to the left. He sends Carruth to the right with Owens, the slot man. Two receivers to the left and now Cradleball gonna go from under center here. Takes the snap, drops the throw, looks left, fires left, incomplete, broken up down at the goal line. Try to go to Coulter, and Glisson did a pretty good job to knock it away. Coulter's pleading his case, but he's got no case to plead. Glisson really wasn't even that close to him. It really was more of an errant throw than a pass breakup, and Glisson is back down and hurt again. And he's laying on his back. Medical staff going to come out and take a look at it. The Wyoming medical staff, actually it's Valley View that tended to him for a second, and now the Wyoming staff comes from across the way to, to take over. We'll take a timeout. 6.56 to go here in the third quarter of play. Valley View going to be faced with third and goal from the seven. When we return, it's Wyoming 26, 
Valley View nothing. This is the Division Four Region 16 Championship game from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And, of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com radio for more information. Yeah, the injured player, Nathan Glisson, being actually walking off under his own power, but again, doing it very gingerly. So the second time he got hurt on that kickoff return, so he's going to come back out. He checked out for a couple of plays after the initial injury, went back in, and just got shaken up again. Again, he is walking off under his own power, but doing it very, very slowly. So 6.56 to go here in the third. 26-0 Wyoming with the lead. Valley View going to be faced with third and goal from the Cowboys' seven. On the hash mark to the left. Sent two receivers that way, very tightly slotted. Owens on a wing right, and wide right is Carruth. Motion to the left goes Livermore. And here's a drop by Crayoball to throw. He's in some trouble, going to try to run forward, and only gets to the five-yard line and no further. Bo Thomas, along with, I believe, O'Gara. No, actually, check on that. That was Bo Thomas and Sam Martin who made the stop, and it'll be fourth and goal Valley View from the five-yard line. Yes. Checking into the lineup is Chris Guest checks back in. And checking out on this fourth down play was Bruce Wagers. So fourth and goal Valley View from the Wyoming five. Any hope they have of trying to make a comeback of this is going to be dependent on this play here. Two receivers left, one to the right. Owens on a wing right. Under center, cradle ball takes the snap, drops the throw, looks right, fires it right. He's going to be intercepted the goal line drop. That was going to be a pick six and a 100-yarder. But unfortunately for Wyoming, dropping into the end zone, Cooper Kadish. But as it is, it's going to be a turnover on downs. And Wyoming will start with the ball back on its own five-yard line. And yet, before you say, hey, that's, a, that's why he's playing defensive back, don't forget he's a starting wide receiver for this Wyoming football team as well. And just could not keep his hands on it. He'd still be running. On the season... Kadish has seven receptions for 142 yards. He would like to have had the interception right there, but as it is, Wyoming turns Valley View over on downs and will start in their own five with 6.07 to go in the third. And Evan Prater with four touchdowns rushing on the night. Trots into formation in the shotgun. He's got the freshman, C.J. Hester, back in the game at running back to his right. Takes the shotgun snap, hands it to Hester, running straight ahead, tries to wind it back to his right, and didn't get much. Got back to the line of scrimmage, and that is all. As there to make the first stop was Joe Gulling, six-foot junior defensive lineman. Valley View. Wyoming well, more than content to milk some clock. They've got those big, nice 40-second clocks on each end zone that make it very easy for quarterbacks and teams to see. Yeah, play clock right now down at 20. Wyoming not out of the huddle. Three receivers already in line of it. Now the rest of the team breaks the huddle. Prater stands right at the goal line in the shotgun. He's got Hester to his left. And now he sends a man in motion, Pagan going right. Pagan gets the handoff on the jet sweep, coming right, trying to get to the corner, trying to pick up a block, gets one across the five to the 10, and slung forward to the 11 yard line, a pickup of six. So a pretty nice gainer, Max Smith, the linebacker, made the stop. Tackle made by number 33, Max Smith. 
that'll be make it third and four for the Cowboys from their own 11. If they just turn Valley View away on fourth and goal from the five. Third down and four for the Cowboys. Kadish, peg and go wide right. They're not very wide. That's the open side of the field off the hash mark to the left. Now Garris sets from a wing left to a wing right. See if Prager runs that way. Prager looks over the sideline now with 13 on the play clock. He's going to walk up and tell his offensive lineman what they're going to do. Play clock down to seven. He's back in the gun with Hester to his left. Waits the snap, takes the snap. Stands there. Look, he's going to throw. Now he's going to run a draw out to the left side across the 10. 15. It runs out of bounds at the 19-yard line and gets the first down. Kind of a design quarterback draw. He just catches the snap. Looks like he's going to throw it. Doesn't drop. And then just took off to the left where he had nothing but running room and was able to pick up nine. They'll mark him out at the 18. Actually, they marked him out at the 70. That's a terrible spot. Boy, oh boy, that's just a horrible spot. He was out at the 19 at the very least. Doesn't matter, he got the first down anyway. And the clock stops with 4.36 to go. 26-0, Wyoming with the lead. Looking to make it win number 28 in a row, moving in two wins of defending their state championship. Here's a handoff, Hester runs off right guard, pops it across the 20 to the 23-yard line. Pick up about five or so on first down. The freshman Hester had a 100-yard game in the first playoff game against Milton Union. Credit the stop to Matthew Cotterman, the linebacker. Matthew Cotterman on the tackle. It'll be second down and four. Wyoming in no hurries. Again, the eight players who huddle just now break the huddle with 17 to go on the 42nd play clock. Two receivers right, the open side of the field. Off the hash mark to the left, O'Gara resets from a wing left to a wing right. Hester to the left of Prater in the gun. Takes the handoff, runs off right guard. Comes across the 25 to the 26 yard line. Gonna be a, about a yard and a half short of the first down. Hester on the carry. It'll be third and about a long yard as Hancock will check in the extra tight end. They check him in, Hester goes out. And this usually means Pagan goes from a receiver to a running back spot. It'll be third down and one. Hancock of course playing on defense as a linebacker. 5'10", 185. So he checks in and puts Pagan at the running back spot, but probably this is going to be an Evan Prater run, I would guess. Down to 10 on the play clock. Prater from the shotgun has Pagan to his right. Takes the snap, just going to run right, cuts it up, spins away, and actually is going to spin for the first down. He planted a right foot in the ground. He was about to get tackled for probably no game, but he just made a big spin move. And that spin, by the time he came out of it, got him the first down and then some to the 29-yard line. Nice run by Evan Prater. Showing that athleticism. Well, first down, Wyoming at its own 29, and we go under three minutes to go here in the third. 26-0 Wyoming. It was nothing, nothing after one. But Wyoming tallied 20 points in the second quarter. Actually, it should be 19 points in the second quarter. They got a touchdown here in quarter three. Prater's got all four of them. He stands in the shotgun with Hester to his right, who's back in the game. O'Gara on a wing right. Prater takes the snap, hands actually it's Bo Thomas who runs off left guard. He spins his way up to the 35 yard line for a nice gain on first down of about six. And a little tussle inside as Harrison Shepard, of course, who plays both ways, 6'5", 250 pound senior, put his arms up in the air as if to say, I'm not getting anything with anybody. And the officials let him play on. Thomas comes out after that nice run. Hester's back in there. Second and four from the 35, and boy, I'll tell you, Wyoming doing a great job of clock management. Down to 15 on the play clock. They're still nine out of the huddle. Mitchell and Pagan come to the left, the closed side of the field on the hash mark to that side. Kadish by himself to the right. 
Pegging goes in motion, handed off on a wind back to Hester, off left tackle, he goes across the 40, sidesteps one man and is finally tackled up at the 47 yard line, almost popped it loose. CJ Hester with a very nice run, up to make the tackle was JT Ferguson in the secondary, but that's a good chunk there and a first down for Wyoming at the Cowboys 49. And again, this drive started back on their own five after they snapped Valley View on the fourth and goal. The rate this play clock's going, they're only gonna have to run another play or two here in this third quarter. Mitchell by himself wide left. Two receivers to the right, O'Gara on a wing left. Hester to the left to Prater in the shotgun. Down to 10 on the play clock. Now O'Gara sets from the left to a wing right. Looking at a four-man front, Prater takes the snap, fakes it to Hester, running left, has running room across the 50, and is just going to run out of bounds at the 45. Might have gotten down to the 44-yard line. Prater, the so Prater faked the run going right, came back himself left, really kind of on a naked run. He didn't have any lead blockers out in front of him, but still, with his speed, once he gets to that edge, hard to catch him. He rips off seven yards like it's nothing. It does stop the clock with a minute 12 to go here in the third. Wyoming on the march. Has it at the Valley View 44 at the moment. Kadish and Pagan go to the right, the open side. Mitchell stands to the left, the other eight players in a huddle, now break the huddle. Hester stays in as the running back, he's to the left of Prater, looks at a four-man front, takes the shotgun snap, hands it off to Prater, or off to Hester, runs off right guard, runs into his own man, but still keeps going, gets it down to the 40. He's got the first down before he's shoved backwards. As C.J. Hester, the freshman running back, picks up four more yards, and that's another Wyoming first down. Right now, Wyoming just winning all the battles. Hancock going to check back in. O'Gara going to get a blow for a moment. Tackle made by number 44, Tyler Brock. Number nine, Matthew Tonerman. Under a minute to go here in the third. Still 20 first on the play clock. Kadish and Pagan go out to the right. Ball in the middle of the field this time. Mitchell to the left. They got Hancock in there as the wing back. He's on a wing left. And Hester, the freshman running back to the right of Prater in the shotgun, takes the snap, handoff Hester, runs straight ahead, he goes. And he didn't get very far. Got a couple down to the 38-yard line before he's bent backwards. Justin Brummagen on the tackle. Brummagen was the first one to hit him, and Seals gets off to the bottom of the pile. And also on the help to the stop was Max Smith. And Wyoming doesn't have to run another play here in the third quarter. There's a three-second differential between play clock and game clock. Down to 20 on the game clock. I think that's what they're going to let them do. They're just going to let them end the third quarter of play. Down to 10 seconds to go in the third. And Wyoming's going to take a commanding lead to the fourth quarter. Well on its way to the Division IV Region 16 Championship. As time runs out in the third quarter of play, it's Wyoming 26, Valley View nothing. This is the Division IV Region 16 Championship game from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. Loveland Chiropractic Office has been treating patients in the Loveland area since 1921. We have generations of experience that continue to lead the field in chiropractic care. With our experience, we have high level of success with acute injuries as well as chronic conditions. You can find us online at lovelandchiro.com. That's lovelandchiro.com. And on Facebook. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Sweeney Automotive Group Stadium. I'm Richard Skinner with our producer, engineer, Zach Waddell. We move to quarter number four, Wyoming leading Valley View 26 to nothing. 
And the Cowboys going left to right here in this fourth quarter of play. We'll have it second and eight from the Valley View, 38 to start the fourth quarter of play. A game that has been dominated by Wyoming. Cowboys, thanks to our guy Dan Wright with the stats, 274 yards of total offense to only 140 for Valley View, and they've basically doubled them on first downs, 15 to eight. Here's Prater, hands it off to Pagan, who came in motion on a jet sweep running left. Picks up a block, gets inside the 35, and dives forward to the 32, maybe even the 31-yard line. So Brennan Pagan went in motion from right to left and carries it a yard shy of the first down, and all Wyoming wants to do is keep this in bounds and keep winding the clock. And they've done a great job of clock management. This drive started back on the five. Pagan had a belt, it looked like, or some kind of pouch, I guess a pouch to keep his hands warm. <coughs> came off, and he actually threw it on the other side of the 50-yard line. Mitchell and Kadish come wide right, the open side of the field, off the hash mark to the left. Hester to the left of Prater, here comes Pagan in motion, they hand it off to Hester, running straight ahead, has the first down inside the 30, and gets to the 28-yard line before he's bent back again, but not before the freshman runs hard to get the first down, C.J. Hester, all five, 750 pounds of him. That'll stop the clock momentarily to set the chains with 11.09 to go. Princeton just, well, it should be Wyoming, just marching down this Princeton Viking Stadium turf, trying to finish off maybe this game with a 95-yard drive. First down, Cowboys from the 28. Off the hash mark to the left, Devin Prater in the shotgun. He's going to take the snap, now looks over to the sideline and thinks otherwise. Play clock down to 10. Now he walks up to the offensive line to say something. He'll walk back. Play clock down to five. Resets his running back to his right. Down to two. Down to one. Got the playoff. Handed off to Hester. He's running left behind some blocks. And he runs inside the 25 to the 24-yard line. C.J. Hester got first contact at about the 26, but the little guy did a good job driving forward. They'll actually mark him down at the 23. So a pick up a five on first down. And Wyoming just keeps the clock moving, keeps matriculating it down the field. Wyoming looking to make it win number 28 in a row. And move within two wins of a second straight state championship. Evan Prater again looks over at the sideline after he gets his team lined up. Now walks up to the offensive line with 10 on the play clock. Boy, they have done just a great job of milking this clock off on this drive. Down to four on the play clock. Prater takes the snap, going to hand it off to Hester, widening to his left, and he's still on his feet inside the 20 and down to the 19-yard line. He was stopped right at the line of scrimmage, but somehow squirted loose, and he squirts himself all the way down, close to a first down, probably about a yard or so shy, or now they're going to give it to him. They mark him down at the 18, and that's going to be enough for a Wyoming first down. And the clock restarts with 9.50 to go here in the fourth. It is all Wyoming. Trying to punctuate this win with a 95-yard drive. They're 18 yards away from doing that. Off the hash mark to the left, they're still in the huddle with 10. Now Prater gets in the line of scrimmage with eight. He stands in the shotgun with Hester to his left. Claps his hands, take the shotgun snap, hand it to Hester, try to run it wide right, cuts inside, he's tackled forward down to the 15-yard line. He was playing it hard into the turf. Nothing malicious about it, just the way he went down. Justin Bromigan made the stop. And he's a pretty good-sized fellow at 6'5", 285, landed on the 150-pound Hester. Rain continues to fall. It's not a heavy rain, but it is a precipitation falling. As we're under nine minutes to go, they have used a ton of clock on this drive. Second and seven from the 15, Prater 
Snap, clapped his hands and looks over the sidelines, down to nine on the play clock. He's got Hester to his right. Prater takes the shotgun snap, fakes the handoff, trying to run right, bounces outside, cuts inside the 15, dead legs a man at the 13, breaks a tackle at the 10, he goes all the way down to the seven yard line. Evan Prater looked for all the world like he had nowhere to go, but he put the old dead leg on a defender and was able to get around him and run it, squirt himself down to the seven yard line, or maybe even the six, where it's gonna be first and goal for Wyoming with 8.36 to go. Prater scored all four touchdowns. I'll actually mark him at the five. He's got 12 rushing touchdowns in this postseason, all four tonight. See if they call his number again on first and goal from the Valley View five-yard line. C.J. Hester set to his right. He's got O'Gara on a wing left. Prater takes the shotgun snap, fakes it to Hester. In some troubles, he dances his way. Now cuts across the five and drags a tackler into the end zone for the touchdown. He was going to be tackled for a loss, then just danced back to his left, cut it straight ahead. And the fifth rushing touchdown of the night for Evan Prater, the 13th of the postseason. And Wyoming's lead swells to 32 nothing with 8.28 to go in the football game. That was quite a run. He's had a few highlight real plays tonight, but that might have been the best of them. Prater on the night now, thanks. Or that drive, actually. How about the drive? 18 plays, 95 yards, chewed up 9.39 o'clock. Thanks again to my guy Dan Wright, our stats man, is. A.J. Washenko boots the extra point through. And Wyoming has put the capper on this one with that 18-play, 95-yard, almost 10-minute drive. There's 8.28 to go in the football game. It's now Wyoming. Well, maybe the extra point didn't count. Wyoming shows 32. Valley View nothing. We'll get to running clock time when we come back. We'll get back and get the score straight, too. Whatever it is, we're in the running Wyoming clock territory. So there's the score of the board. So it is Wyoming 33. I thought the extra point was good. Wyoming 33, Valley nothing. This is Wyoming Cowboys football from ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports. For over 55 years, Miller Valentine has worked in close collaboration with businesses when they are ready to build, renovate, or expand. Choosing Miller Valentine as your construction partner means aligning yourself with passionate experts who recognize the value of a team approach. Having grown from a small general contractor to a nationally recognized construction company, Miller Valentine listens closely to your needs to recommend the best combination of construction techniques to fit your project. For more information about Miller Valentine Group, please visit us at www.mvg.com. It has been all Wyoming tonight. The defense doing what it does, shutting opponents down. Evan Prater doing what he does, putting up some big, gaudy offensive numbers. I'll give them to you here in a second after the kickoff, and we have hit the running clock time of the game, so even on incomplete passes, now the clock will run because the score here in the second half is over 30 points. As here's the kickoff away, going to be fielded at the 15 or at the 20-yard line by Musgrove. He runs across the 25 to the 30 to the 35 and up to the 40-yard line, and that's where will be... Valley View's ball at their own 40. Evan Prater of the Knights carried it 20 times for 126 yards and all five Wyoming touchdowns through the air. He's five of eight for 111 yards. So in this postseason, Evan Prater, he's now carried it 67 times for 443 yards and 13 touchdowns and he's completed 20 of 29 passes for 288 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty impressive. 
There's a toss coming back to the outside. That's Musgrove runs across the 50 and into Wyoming territory to the 46-yard line. Where he's banged out of bounds. Will Schuller, clock continues to run because, again, running clock in the circumstance. Valley View quickly comes back to the line of scrimmage. They're trying now desperately to avoid the shutout. And an offense that averaged 34.8 points in the regular season. And 35 in two playoff games. There's Cradleball takes it, fakes it, runs right, doesn't get very far. Hancock wraps him up at about the 43-yard line for a gain of a couple on the option Here's keeper. A three-yard game for number four, Kevin Prater is certainly a special talent going to UC, of course, but boy, this defense is just really sound and solid. They tackle, they run, they control the point of attack, and they've done all of that so far tonight. Cradle ball from the, from the center center, drops the throw, looking, now dances and flush left. Left-hander on the move, still on the move, fires a pass on the run, and short hops his intended receiver down at the 32-yard line. Shoot one in there and down to the 33-yard line to Liam Musgrove. The running clock, even though they didn't complete pass, the clock continues to roll. So third, make it third and seven Valley View from the Wyoming 43. Cowboys trying to pitch the shutout. They had five in the regular season. They've held all but three opponents to seven points or less this year. Cradle ball in 37 from under center. Takes the drop, drops the throw, blitz comes, in some pressure, guns it deep down the middle of the field. Had a receiver breaking open, but threw it about five yards too far. Tried to hit Troy Coulter on a deep post pattern. He had broken free late, but Cradleball had to throw it probably a handful earlier than he wanted to because the rush was in his face. And it's fourth and seven for Valley View at the Wyoming 43 as we go under six minutes to go in the football game. Fourth and seven, Valley View from the Wyoming 43-yard line. Kate Cradleball has double slots each way, goes from under center, drops the throw on fourth down. Has some pressure, he runs through it, and now he's going to be, no, he's still on his feet. Got away from one, but couldn't get away from the rest, and he's dropped short of the first down. He scrambled down to the 41, but couldn't scramble any further, and Wyoming will take over on downs with five and a half to go in the football game. This may be time to get some subs in, we'll see here. See if Evan Prater's night is done. Wyoming's offense, if it can get a couple of first downs, it may have the defense pitching a shutout tonight with five and a half to go. I think Evan Prater's night might be done as he's standing on the sideline here as the rest of the offensive players gather around. Let's see who goes in to play quarterback. It's going to be Pagan, I believe. Yep. So Brennan Pagan going to play the quarterback spot here. He threw that incomplete or the interception on that two-point conversion back in the first half. Pagan stands in the shotgun, takes the snap, hands it off, gave it off to Hester. Tried to ride it out and pull it out, but Hester clamped onto it and gets a couple up to the 43. I mean, literally about two first downs might be enough for Wyoming to run the clock out. We're underneath five minutes to go and with the 42nd play clock that starts when the play is over. Not a whole lot of plays left in this game. And there don't need to be for, for Wyoming.
in the shotgun as Hester to his right. Hancock a wing back now in there for O'Gara on a wing right. Just letting that play clock bleed down to 10. Begging in no hurry. Staring straight at it as it's in the end zone. Takes the shotgun snap, hand off to Hester. Tries to wind his way around the left side. Spins off one man, but then he gets swallowed up right at the line of scrimmage. And there's a Valley View player down and a Wyoming player down. And the Wyoming player slow to get up. Sam Martin and the Valley View player is still down. And that's linebacker Jackson Lang who's down at the moment and writhing in some pain. So while they tend to him, we'll take a timeout. 4.07 to go in the football game. It's Wyoming 33 and Valley View nothing. This is Wyoming Cowboys football from ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. This is Jerry Snodgrass, Executive Director of the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One of my long-standing goals is to help people understand that high school sports are about so much more than wins and losses. The OHSAA promotes education-based athletics, where sports are an extension of the classroom. Our schools all want to win. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, it's all about sportsmanship, leadership, and making certain that academics are a priority. Thank you for your support of high school sports in Ohio. Back here at Pat Mancuso Field, Jake Swinney Automotive Group Stadium with 4.05 to go, and the clock re-rolling again following the injury timeout. Wyoming faced with a third and seven from its own 44, up 33-0. And Pagan still looking at that play clock, and again, even after the injury timeout, the clock restarted, and he looks straight at it with down to 12 on the play clock. Under 10, probably try to snap this around five. And he snapped it early around seven. He's just gonna take a direct run out to the right side. Tries to get to the corner across the 45, spins away, takes up to the 49. He's gonna be a couple of yards short of the first down, but a nice run by Brennan Pagan nonetheless. Nice, nice see if Aaron Hancock chooses to go for this on fourth and two from around midfield. Oh, he's only punted once tonight. I believe they punted once, let me double check. Yeah, punted one time back in the first quarter, that was it. Did have one turnover, Evan Prater fumbled the ball away, but other than that, pretty clean night. They are gonna go on fourth and two, and really you get this first down, and only have to run a handful more plays. Begging from the shotgun, looks at what amounts to almost a six-man front at the moment, and somebody moved up front, no, they did not. Wyoming just turned back to the sideline to look at the coaches, down to five on the play clock. Pegging in the gun, takes the shotgun snap. He's just going to run left, tries to get to the corner. Got a great block from Hester. Can he get to the corner? He cannot. He can, Well, he made him. He got really low. Looked like he was going to be tackled. He may have driven himself to the first down, and he did down to the 48-yard line. Boy, Pagan was dead in the water at the 50. Lowered his head and his shoulder, and then just drove forward through a tackler and got the first down. JT Ferguson with the tackle. Wyoming may be able to just take knees here. So what an impressive performance both offensively and defensively from this Wyoming football team. They will now in the season have outscored opponents. If it ends where it is, and it probably will, 461 to 74 through 13 games. Down to a minute 50 to go, five on the play clock. Pagan's in the gun. 
Takes the snap, hands it to Hester, runs straight ahead, has a nice hole inside the 45 and dives forward to the 43 yard Hester line. With the carry. Tyler Brock with the stop. CJ Hester, the freshman, has gotten more touches as this game has progressed. Bo Thomas started the game at running back, but Hester had 147 yards in the first playoff game against Milton Union after really not having a lot in the regular season. He only carried 32 times for 146, but had a big first game, and now he's checking out. And Wyoming looks like it can go to the victory formation here. That's about what they're going to do. Down to 10 on the play clock. And Prater's going to come back in to take the snap and go in victory formation. So he's going to get a chance to celebrate the win on the field. He's under center, takes the snap, takes a knee as we drop under a minute to go in the football game. And they'll have to do that just one more time, and that will do it. A five-touchdown performance on the ground from Evan Prater. The second time this postseason he's done it. He had five rushing touchdowns in the opening win. Had three last week, five tonight, 13 and three postseason games after 14 in the regular season. So the math on that will get you 27 rushing touchdowns for him through 13 games. And the ring's starting to come down a little more here. And Evan Prater with one more snap is going to send his team to the state semifinals. Takes the knee, and that's going to do it. Wyoming will not have to run another offensive play as coaches start to walk out. Players start to form the handshake line. And Wyoming get a chance to celebrate victory number 13 in a row in 2019 and number 28 in a row overall. As both teams lining up to shake hands, the clock down to zero, and that'll do it. The Wyoming Cowboys advance to the state semifinals on a quest to be back-to-back -back Division IV state champions. They are now two wins away as they win it by a final score tonight over Valley View of 33-0 to win the Division IV Region 16 championship game. Evan Prater, if you count the knees at the end, officially 22 carries for 124 yards, five rushing touchdowns, five of eight passing for 111 yards, and the Wyoming defense, which has been so good all season long, Pitches its sixth shutout in 13 games as Wyoming wins it in impressive fashion by a final count of 33 to nothing. We'd like to thank the fine folks here at Princeton High School who got us indoors tonight for this broadcast and all the great work they've done all season long for us. We thank them. We thank you for listening. We thank the Wyoming Athletic Department for having us as well. We assume we'll be on for the state semifinal game next Saturday. Hopefully you can join us. And we'll be looking forward to bringing you some more Wyoming football as they are now two wins away from a state championship. Final score tonight here from Pat Mancuso Field and Jake Swinney Automotive Group Stadium. Wyoming 33, Valley View nothing. You've been listening to Wyoming Cowboys football from ESP Media, powered as always by Sidearm Sports.